Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm your mariachi of madness, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 397. Yes, it is, Eric. How long did you practice the mariachi of madness? Surprisingly, I didn't. But right before we started, we pushed play here or record. I had to put your in there because if I didn't, I would have messed the whole thing Uh, up. That is crazy. But yes, welcome all you weirdos of the Get Fresh crew (laughs) to the episode that I think is going to be pretty positive. I think positive Jimmy has finally come to arrive in 2022. Yes. And with that, a lot of people upset about recent news and things like that. And even me getting a little depressed about the overall scope of things at DC. But this week actually has me excited and excited. But it is the books that I was already kind of excited for. But still. I'm not going to look look a gift horse in the mouth, Eric, there, yeah. because, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive about this week, horse. and I'm, I'm excited. A gift you ride horse that gift horse? Is. No, I do not, though. As a kid, I told you at one point that I did ride my rocking horse with a raincoat and a pocketbook and said, uh, I don't know what I said. I think You're I thought I was somewhere. on the, I on the prairie, I yeah. thought it was. And in who knows? I actually think that I was so dumb, I thought I was running away from my life there. Come on, pony, get going. Get but here sometime. I am, here I am, and we have a pretty cool deal going on now. Just a little shout-out, if you didn't notice, we did have an episode on Friday, the Thank God It's Friday episode, sure that did. ended up having four books on. It was a little bit too long for me to just call Spotlight, so I ended up numbering it, I'm sure, Eric grinded his teeth when he saw that i didn't see it the the reason why that ended up happening and things like that was because but you still got this episode right this episode when you Uh, you know what i guess the thing is i always look at the like the apple music thing so i just looked at the number and didn't even think it was the thank god it's friday episode yes so why i so i won by mistake with that everybody go and check that out if you didn't listen to it it's it's an actual episode and i didn't want to get mixed up with the spotlights that we end up having on the Patreon. I think it gets a little confusing. Plus, Eric, I was doing a little little down in the lab testing out things is what I'm doing. A little experiments, right? Kind down of, in the some lab. Kind of weird scientist? Exactly. I you did it again, Eric. <laughs> you did it. Uh but yeah, everybody go and check that out. An episode that we ended up talking about Flash, the uh, Deathstroke Inc., Harley Quinn, and also the Aquaman what is it? The Aquaman Deep Green Target. Arrow Deep Target. Uh, so, yeah, if you're wondering where those books are, they are on the regular feed in the Thank God It's Friday episode 396. But we're here to talk about a bunch of things. And one of the other things, then, is to talk about where you can go and find us when you're done listening to this or before, if you want. I'm not yeah, going to tell people how to live their lives right now there. And find us You places. can go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. You can go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where we have reviews for all or mostly all of the issues that come out each week from DC. Caveat. You can Most also go to our Instagram at Weird Science Comic. Eric drives me nuts every time. And also our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can help us out for everything we do here on the regular feed. Plus get tons, tons, tons more, 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 Eric. All right. And one of the big things is the Thursday night Patreon badass pick of the week spotlight, right? That one. And it was this week. Badasses, the Get Fresh crew <laughs> ended up picking Wonder Girl number seven and Superman and Robin special number one. Kind of a big deal if you're a Super, Super Sons fan. I may, have, I may have wanted something a little more, and I do have to say that I usually defer to John Wayne as being the Super Sons guy, and I proposed something in the podcast that I thought we could go with, and he said that that would have been the best thing that he's ever written, and it would have made him cry, Eric. There you go. 
How about that, Eric? Take that, Eric. You've been patting yourself on the back. I'm a racist, I am. No, I'm not. But with all of that, if you want to blame anybody for having those two books or every week, having the two books on that Patreon-only spotlight, it is the badasses that you have to kind of yell at, and here they are with the badass roll call, Eric. Ah, ah, I do it every time, don't I? Yes, I'm I'm Jim Werner, and I'm here to say that I go almost every day. Hey, we're going to start with Nader Tater, Eric, a new badass. You know, shout out to Nader Tater. Ronnie G Comics and Pop Reviews, so do I. Ted Probst, I love Punchline. Seriously, Eric. Michael S., Forrest Polly, Cam, Joseph Watchstick, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Matches Malone, Niels T-Work, David Fink, Joey Bercasco, got a new apartment, we'll shout out. Oh, nice. Stephen Baum, Jason C, a lot of blizzards up his way, he said, 242 to you and me. Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, going to a little playoff football this weekend, seeing the Rams and 49ers, Aldrin Stoja, Nick Adams, Ruben. Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, what's he doing? Is he in County Cork? Eric Simon, Luis, he's not. Manship, who we'll hear from later, he thinks he was not fooled again, unlike the who. Andrew in Belfast, (laughs) Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Pete from NYC, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, Rob Lewis, that's our man Rob Lewis. (laughs) The Mirror's happy that Tom Brady retired in double A run in the Minnesota. Eric, I went a little too long. I don't know what's going on here. Shout out to Reggie. I'll tell you what's going on, Eric. I am medicated right now. See, see, that's why Positive Jimmy is in town. Medicated? Did you just swig a bunch of NyQuil like you <laughs> no, usually do? No, I did not. I have my Adderall. So I decided at this point, though I'm still not sleeping, what the hell, Eric? I'm going for it. So I ended up taking it today. Correctly, too, I might add, though maybe a little later in the day. <laughs> you, I, I slept. Yeah, really. Not uh, I'm not just you know, no more. gunning it or opening up the... Slow release pills and snoring it. Nothing like that. I'm supposed to and down it with a bottle of NyQuil. Let's get started. Seriously, I did take some NyQuil right before here because my throat was killing me. But I think uh, what else? Yes, it is. It's the podcast helper, you know, of weird science, DC Comics. I ended up also being able to take a shower right before we record. And that always gives me that clean feeling, that fresh, clean feeling. (laughs) So I got in there and my kids end up, I I end up buying the body washes and and the bare gloves and things like that, right? So I end up where I go to take a shower every time and some idiot in our house ends up knocking those over, letting it all spill out. When I go to use it, it's just a bottle filled with water. So did I take a shower? I don't know. That's up for debate, but I did. I, I feel nice is. and clean. I do feel nice and clean, you know, and, and less caffeine. It's, it's a new experience for you. I, I'm proud. It is. It's it's actually been a little bit since I took a shower. I do want to admit that, Eric. I'm not Gross. proud of it, but I will admit it because we do not fake the funk here on the Weird Science Maybe we should deal. just a little bit. Maybe we should. I like the killing. I like the killing. Maybe that, that's what you say. That's what it should be. Okay, edit that, edit that out. I take showers three times a day, Eric. But with all of that, we have that's a bunch of books, as like I said. Well, that's not true either. But we end up having a bunch of positive things, including a book that I, it wowed me, your score, Eric. I mean, you're going to shock the world. With I don't this think so. I was really enjoying it. Uh, yeah, that is true. But really, it has been a while since you've had a nine on the site. So is I it? just, it, yeah, I think I so. I haven't looked. I did look. It, it was 2009 was the last wow. time, Eric. It, it seemed like it was weird, that, that deal. But with all of that, yeah, we're going to go off to the books uh, right about now.
tower for the crazies. Here we are, Eric, and it's part of, to start off with some meat and cheese. It's time for meat and cheese. Oh my god, wrong turn. The meat and cheese here, and yeah, we have a a big section here with Detective Comics Action Comics. I know you like those being paired up as they are. And also Justice League. Oh my and god, I like Justice that as well, League, right? being paired up with those. Oh, yes, the week that it comes do. out. Yeah, and you know, because it's the a big huge books. book that you love. But these are the, the big books. The yeah, they are. books. They are, Eric. They are. And we're going to end up starting with the Batman Detective Comics number 1050. And that's where you get the lunatics are taking over. Not quite yet, but we see that maybe the lunatics have already been running. The asylum, it's not Eric, asylum as Jim, it's a we tower. get into this, it is a tower. It a tower of power, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Arkham a tower. tower. Of I just get the it's idea word, right? that down the line, this Arkham Tower is just going to be like Arkham Manor, like we talked about at the beginning, where it's going to end up ending, and then we'll just kind of get back to normal. What will be the status quo going forward? What will be? Maybe they'll actually get some sort of mental health institution that's in Gotham that is actually legit. You know, don't have some crazy guy whose family ended up doing things that you get this. I might be. I mean, first off, Nakano, if he's in charge, who knows what's going to go on, Aaron? That guy, he's not seeing, you know, things 2020, as (gasps) they say. Oh, my goodness gracious. We're going to start with Detective Comics number 1050. It's a milestone issue. Anniversary issue. An anniversary, which it's weird because you throw that in. It's on the cover. Batman's on the cover. And I think that's why we end up getting a flashback. But it works with the story as well. The main story written by Mariko Tamaki with art by Ivan Rice, Danny, Mickey, Brad Anderson, and Ariana Mayer. There's also a House of Gotham. Back up part four of that, Matthew Rosenberg, Fernando Blanco on art, Jordi Belair and Rob Lay. And then out of nowhere, a preview to the Mark Wade Dan Mora, Batman Superman World's Finest as well. That we'll get through, you know, really quickly with that. The main focus being the main story, The Tower, part four here, and also the backup of The Boys. So with that, I'll tell you, me and you are going to disagree. We're kind of talking beforehand. And the thing that I have with this story is it was, in my mind, not much of a setup to get what we're getting right now. Now, you will tell me that we still have a bunch of issues so things can be revealed. That's true. I just don't have a hook into the story. I always look for the hook, and nothing has hooked me in to say. Well, nothing makes me think, oh, my God, i got to keep reading this. The only thing that keeps me reading, obviously, the podcast, but also the idea of, Okay, this better make sense and what happens. But nothing really, especially seeing the end where Dr. Ware gets thrown out of Arkham Tower seemingly to his death. He better Toby Ware. 
So with that, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I really don't know why I need to keep reading this with bated breath because I'm not. I'm just here each time it comes out. It's weekly, very weekly. And I end up like, okay, so we got that. So it's nice with the beginning here where you do see a bit of a flashback to No Man's Land. And you see Huntress in when she pretty much, you know, proved the Batman she is worthy, stuff like that. When the Joker was coming to steal all hope from Gotham on on, uh, Christmas Eve back in Batman number 574, right at the end game of No Man's Land, when he was going to assault Officer Petit's freaking, you know, a group of people that he brought together. And it would be the next issue of Detective Comics to follow with this, where the Joker would then kill Sarah Ellis and pretty much turn himself in. But this was, like you said, the, the issue, the flashback here, where Huntress really did prove herself by standing her ground and being willing to be killed by the Joker to make sure that everybody in the compound that she was at was safe. Can you say the officer's name again? Petit. I, I, yeah, yeah. I believe it might be Petit or I don't know. Edit. Uh, but I like how I've never said heard it. it said out loud. The weird so is, is there's a letter. There's, there is a letter, and that's I was going to bring that up when we talk about Lord of the Rings. There's a letter over at Marvel who's Petit. They uh, pronounce it, but I like Petit. I, I do like Petit. Petit. P-E-T-T-I-T. So, yes, there it is. But I'm not saying I'm one of those spellologists. Exactly. Or, or I'm not a talkologist either. So when we end up where. You have this going on, and it, it does tie in. I mean, Mariko Tamaki's doing a good idea of showing Huntress is... Oh, even the art here, like, flashes back. It is a really good flashback to what you we had actually going on in, in the book, yeah. And I read it. I read that issue. I figured that that's what you were telling me, that I had homework to do, and yes. I read it and enjoyed it. So reading this, going from the idea that Huntress is plagued, haunted by these visions... Did they say that an editor's notes where this came from this? No, they did not, they which really is actually should. shocking. They should, and it's on the... Especially for being like, you know, a landmark anniversary issue. And it is on the app. It's the, uh, Batman number 574. Yep. Yeah. Everybody should go read it if you have the app. Now, again, that'll make people mad it's, outside it's, of the I U.S. It's but... right at the end of No Man's Land. You know, whatever, how many 30 issues tie into that there was kind of thing that goes jumping back and forth. But it's right at the end of No Man's Land. Now, so you get a overall narration from Dick Grayson talking about the Bat family, talking about how a lot of people made the choice to become vigilantes and also to join in and huntress is a little different she has her own deal even before batman also a little bit more brutal and yeah brutal and also saying that she's a lot like batman herself where she doesn't like to ask for help and things like that and that does tie into what's going on now and when we go forward with this i'm going to try not to argue so much with you as i usually do oh, the idea that huntress is having these visions, having these nightmares where it is actually Mouth monster visions from Hugh Vile stuff set up in the Detective Comics if front stay, continues, leading into Jim. this. Yeah, so I could I use my song? Maybe I'm not going to say no, where, but I like the one you have currently. Yeah, so when you have all this going on, you do have Huntress really having some problems, and they do want her to get help. Where I differ from you is the idea that they are already investigating Arkham Tower. They're very cautious and even think that Dr. Ware is not on the up and up or they wouldn't be doing this. And then to allow, and you'll say, you can't just allow, like, it's up to Huntress. But even her, she's smart enough maybe to not go into an experimental Arkham Tower that they're already investigating to get treatment. The big she's thing, also though, gone through a lot right now and is losing her mind and really just wants help no matter where it comes but from at when this you're point. going, I mean, why can't she go to the sanctuary, Eric? Everything happens there is great, right? Uh, so with that, though, I, I hear bad think things about that place. That's a bad Yelp review. Batman's not in town right now, so maybe, you know, things, there's not that real authority figure for him to say, whoa, 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 because if Batman's there, I don't think he's saying, 
yeah, that sounds like and a also, good idea. Going into the dark even tower. Even telling a Bertinelli, he's she's going to tell him to go fuck himself in this. Yeah, but why anyway. would she go into a place to get treatment? Well, now, for one thing, she's going in there to get treatment because she is at her last rope right now for all the things and how it's taking over and freaking frying her brain with the visions she has from, from the connection of the mouth monster. But also, she is still a part of the Bat family, and if she can get to the bottom of something that the Bat family wants and get help, she's going to do it. The idea she's that hero, she Jim. is at the end of her rope, I never saw the beginning or middle. She ended up having the vision she was upset about them at first it almost seemed like a bonus man well it it seemed like a bonus when we ended up before where she was able to track people including batman then and like look at this it's a bonus then she has been upset about it but i don't think that there was enough information of what exactly these visions were from for whatnot to then jump into here it's just me but i hope that we go forward and get more explanation of how these things because she's pretty much saying right now that she sees visions of anybody who has a mouth monster yes. still when we were led to believe there were no more well, that's and now the reason all of a sudden like it's this. thrown in here because it is thrown in here because you and I are speculating on what is this just her weird psychic rage connection now that doesn't make any sense because it would, this seemed, seemed like it was broad and anywhere but now with this issue talking about the idea that is still going on because she was confused because she thought with the death of Hugh Vile and his mouth monster that it would all end with him but it's still continuing on and she doesn't know why and why though wouldn't they instead of oh I got to go get help is Arkham Tower going to be able to help her when there's already mouth monsters out I think that she would go and hunt down the mouth monster people and try to stop them that would stop it no she was doing that and she murdered that man well and they well they already said too that at points in this run up until here everybody was cured they had the cure they had it out there are more now but the idea Did you that see all them eggs but the idea of a cure being the idea of a mental health thing in a facility that you don't know anything about, and obviously she's not going in saying mouth monsters. I think that it's Hopefully a little. Not. I think it's a little pushed, and well, I think that this is say, forced by Mariko Tamaki. I'm Helena Bertinelli, and I want to go and infiltrate this and maybe get some help. Maybe if I actually tell them I'm having visions of violence nonstop that I think are attached to some kind of mouth monster that infect me, which honestly. Would be in public record because a lot of people were tested and, tra- and I've been mean, like yeah, treated but for there's, that. There's so what you're saying about it. this psychological thing? But no, the cure she already has. This is different than anything else. So was she still having this psychological problem with these, what she believes are visions of violent acts going on? I think they would take her. But it's not psychological. It's actually physical. She sees these things and they're real. If she showed up and maybe that would well, be the place. Well, I saw stuff. I'm saying I think they would say it's psychological. No, but this is like you said on public record. She actually sees the visions and goes and there's a guy there. It's not psychological now. It's real. Well, she has a mental connection to things. Yeah, but that again, that's, you know, we're playing wonky science here. But a mental connection, this would be like me ending up taking LSD and I think I'm a chicken. Right. That's not a mental health problem, even though I'm delusional and think I'm a chicken. There's there's a flat out response of me taking LSD. Here's the cure. Don't take LSD. If you still had visions after this initial exposure, I think it would become that. But if I ended up having visions afterward that I was a chicken and I look in the mirror and I've got feathers and I'm a chicken, that's what she these aren't just visions. She's physically seeing out of people's eyes. It's beyond anything that they could give her, in my mind, any sort of cure except for they got to get rid of these mouth monsters. It's still a mouth monster problem, which is a medical problem, not something where she is seeing things. And if she went and she says, oh, my God, I see this vision. This guy's violent and goes in the alleyways empty. Now we have problems. Now but she's then delusional. she goes in. And the thing is, she has gotten better until recently. Yeah. But and again, we don't see that she's gotten better. She just seems sedated. And she it's not explained. This is the problem that I have of. 
what's going on here with the mouth monster visions and her being treated as if it's a delusion. Even when Dr. Ware comes in and says, you yell in your sleep and have nightmares, you know, that's not that bad for me. Like, I don't even know what you could do to cure this except for getting rid of all of the mouth monsters. Because there's never been, there's never, here's the thing, and and without, you know, going too far and arguing back, we never knew why she had it. So this is the idea of, this is the idea of somebody saying to me, oh, I have a cold, I'm going to drink orange juice. Well, the problem is if it was the, and because of the vitamin C, right? That's what people, unless the, you know, disease that you have there was caused by lack of vitamin C, you're not going to get any benefit. And that's where I get here. She's going in and we don't even know why she had the vision. So how can we certainly think, well, she's there to be cured, not cured, whatever. It seems like she's just sedated, that if she stayed at home and, you know, popped some Oxycontin, she'd be fine. But we'll see how this all plays out. But it is nice to Dr. see Jim. that flashback. Well, again, <laughs> stay at thing. home, everybody. Pop when some you, when, if I end up saying to you, like, oh, my God, just like Uncle Jim, Uncle Dr. Jim, I, yeah, I'm the perfect example. Uh-huh. I end up eating something and I say to you, oh, my God, that was the worst. Day. It ended up making me have diarrhea. And you say all the time. Everything gives you direct. So it wasn't that. That's kind of what I see but you here. Still where say it. She ends up, yeah. Well, she ends up going to get help, but she kind of knows what the help would be. Getting rid of the mouth monsters out there and finding out, but nobody's concerned with that. And that's a big thing that would be citywide again. If you think that there's going to be another infestation, that there are definitely people out there, the bat family's just kind of twiddling their thumbs because that's not the story Mariko Tamaki wants to tell, but she needs to force away. For Huntress to have something to do here To tie it into mental health and things And it doesn't work for me as well But we did see Anna Volsian has gone nonsense Well that's the thing too Well, Because connecting us in here and having the idea that we know Like on the, the last day, whatever it was, day 27 Where, you know, Anna Volsian is running the asylum Throwing Dr. Weir out of a freaking window And just going back to her murderous ways We have a situation here where it does tie up the idea That you and I are confused about Whether or not Helena had this had like the rage of visions But now it seems that it is tied to the Malak monster stuff And the idea that she was awoken in her room when Anna Volshin wakes up and starts attacking Mark, that, you know, that uh, party crasher predator that he is, that, oh my God, Anna Volshin might be a mouth monster to begin with. She might even be the new Hugh Vile host of but a mouth monster. But we don't know that. We and we seen do that. know with our big, like, display at the end, when we reveal who Dr. Ocean is, also nautical themed name, like everything else, you know, you're going to have that. Batman 66 tie into Psycho Pirate being the thing that actually is the getting pirate. everybody calmed with his Medusa mask emotion killer. We have this going on. He wasn't able to control her and doesn't know why. And I'm guessing maybe she was controlled, but the mouth monster wasn't. I don't think that he doesn't know why. He's controlling her. He ends up controlling her. She breaks free and Dr. Ware breaks in. And that's where we see that it is Psycho Pirate. He says, I thought she was asleep. I let my guard down. I didn't look at the monitors. And Ware says, you have the monitors to see if she's well, asleep. At, at the why beginning of the that? situation, it's him and his pen now saying, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. he's grabbing his mask again. No, because, lost them. Yeah, because he didn't have his mask on. But did he, he lose them, it. though? But did he lose them, though? Or is it just that he doesn't understand what Anna Volshin is and what's I don't inside think of her? That's the and deal. the tie into Helena Bertinelli having these mouth monster visions. Again, here is my idea of the progression there. He sees that they're asleep. He doesn't want to keep the mask on. He takes it off. He needs that mask on. He takes it off. All I don't of a sudden, know that he needs that attack. mask on to do it because they're already, you know, affected by him. 
he does it to try to do it again, I think. I'm saying he grabs the mask then and says, oh, my God, oh, my God, I thought that because he had let down his guard. He thought they were asleep. He thought they wouldn't wake up I think the, the thing is day. he doesn't know why because I don't think he knows about the mouth monsters. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's the play. I, when well, he ends what is up the connection between Helena and Anavulsion then? I don't think there's any. I think that he, everybody in that tower, it was let down, but everybody else is asleep. I think they also drug them at night to put them asleep. And even at that point when the guy says to Anavulsion, are you taking your meds and we thought that's weird because there's no meds i think that they're also giving them sedatives at night so they fall asleep so they don't do anything because he did ask her did you take your meds in a way what meds we thought that it was all well, also i don't know if the party crashers know what the real like you know medication is as long as they yeah, get their drugs to sell on the streets like you know where is saying all nonsense and stuff but yeah when i see the idea that he sees an attack and he goes and grabs the mask to put it on where we don't see it's him yet yeah. i think this is the idea he done messed up and even where comes in and says why aren't you paying attention you have that and he goes oh my god i thought they were asleep he doesn't say i don't know i and can't maybe control she was. this yeah but I, I he never says anything in the way of like i don't know what's wrong with that one i, I can't seem to control her he seems to already have been controlling her up until then it's just weird. It's but weird again, play, since we make sure say. to play out that Helena's visions are mouth monster related, and she has having visions of an avulsion attacking Mark here, what is that connection then? Well, I'm saying if she is a mouth monster deal, I don't think that has anything to do with a lack of being able to control or not control. I think that that will just be thrown in to be able to see through there, and then at the end, everybody can be cured by getting rid of the mouth monsters. I, I don't think that there's anything of breaking free of this control because she seems then to be controlled once he gets the mask we don't have her running around and then we'll see how this goes i think that what ends up happening psycho pirate has to have something you know bad happen to him so then everybody takes over the asylum by the end i don't know but the idea of the you know jumping through things i wish that we saw this i wish we saw some more mouth monsters i wish that we saw helena kind of really explaining and also like i said seeing the bat family there's an infestation still why aren't they doing anything about it well, they're taking care of a tower problem. But again, the thing that goes with me, but they're not really, they're kind of undercover. There's a lot of other characters around, and this would be exactly what we had before in this huge health crisis, the whole town. The other thing about it with Mariko Tamaki, I don't trust her because she changes things. We thought that the mouth monsters were gone, just like the idea of Liar Liar being the daughter of Maxwell Lord, and then it changes, and it goes back. I just, I don't trust her yet. I got to see how this goes on the page. But in the meantime, Anavulsion killed a guy. You end up where it was that guy, Mark, the guy undercover for the party the crasher. Party perp. crashers. I guess that girl was the, the head. It yeah, seems like that. She didn't seem like anybody that I would follow. But hey, you have these guys come in and they're Is it because she's them. a girl using well, misogynist? Gonna, it's weird, too, because they're going to get their numb, but they just kind of break in. Go get and my go numb, in. Jim. Everybody could just come in and out of this place. Look, they're whatever. just trying to get their numb, go home, pop some ox- oxys. Yeah, all about exactly. It. They're just going to do that. See, the Dr. Jim in the town. Uh, even though I love the idea where Helena, she does freak out, and you end up having Dr. Ware personal. He's got a personal touch, he does, and he goes in here, take this. Of course, the thing is, he's got a personal touch. He's trying to go in with all like his might to fucking kibosh any situation. He's paying off nurses. He's trying to get rid of the body himself and make sure that Helena, who's freaking out during this attack, goes back to sleep and thinks she's had a bad dream because he wants that $6 million freaking money dropped and the condo's going to give her the hospital. And that's, again, again, the tower that's built on the foundation of sand in my mind. The idea that they are going to give out a check to him and this is what he thinks he believes it'll happen 
with no evidence of anything. It's just that everybody has to remain calm for a week, and then we get our check and go. He's saying he has Psycho Pirate to do this so that then he could grab the check and go. I'm sure when Nakano's writing, he's like, yes, can you make it out to Mr. Ware, please? To oh, buy a square. Check. Hey, thank you. And, of course, that check could not be canceled or anything like that. He's just going to get out. And it just seems small well, to me, the idea then, that. It's like, I'm going to cancel that check. And the psychopire walks out. No, you won't. You're again, happy. then you're playing, you know, not like, oh, you're, you're happy. Oh, yes. And, and again, why not just go to Nakano with Psycho Pirate exactly. and do You're that then? very generous, aren't you? Yes, I am. Here's $6 million from the Gotham it's, Funds. It's like the craziest convoluted con ever, Look, he this is idea. Really, he's all about, you know, the act of it. He's a showman is I what guess, he is. I guess. He's freaking out. He's like, oh, everybody has to remain calm. They're going to write that check. Really? That check from Nakano? Isn't he going to need research? Right? No, he's going to write it. We're, we're in a probationary state for the Arkham Tower, and we've got to make sure that everything runs smoothly. And as far as everybody knows, because they do have medication stuff like that, and people are assuming that the patients are taking it, even though they're but are they never heading back to the that streets. But they never the public is weird. Uh, and the idea it's numb which seems to be played off as just like a, you know, a painkiller. So I, I don't well, know. Well, you can have a lot of concoctions that can make up some good freaking drugs. Well, you can, but you have to... You never take uh, antipsychotics when you need You have to release this to the public before you would get this funding from the government, I would think. But it just seems to be the idea of everybody's calm. Everybody's nice here. I mean, you can have the biggest con where all these people are all into it. It's a pyramid scheme. Hey, everybody will stay calm for a week, and then you can go kill them when I cash my check. Just a weird idea in my mind overall and, and that we know well, maybe if it and, was a week but if it's a month that's too much to ask yeah i'm just the idea of it like we kind of know that it doesn't work out for where but also as big game here is to get this check it just doesn't feel as big that i would usually think of something with an arkham tower in gotham with the bat family involved i i, I don't know what i would rather have crazy nonsense with, you know, hocus pocus. I don't know. Well, even the but idea it, where we do have the big reveal of the psycho pirate is the mysterious Dr. Ocean, the silent partner to Dr. Ware here, who is controlling everybody instead of giving meds and stuff like that and actually helping anybody. The idea that we had this, I want this to feel big. I want to think that Roger Hayden is here for more than just for monetary gain with Tobias Ware because when we last time we saw him was in Infinite Frontier being psycho pirate Omega for Darkseid, cracking the multiverse by mind-controlling Barry Allen and doing all this stuff. And now he's just hanging out at a penthouse at Arkham Tower looking for money. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. And if you, I, I'm telling you, I'm hoping it, there's more because we are just still at the beginning of this whole thing. I, I, the, the idea that he was the Omega Psycho Pirate on the Omega Planet with Dark Side going around, and now he seems like a, you know, a simp there. Oh my god, he's I'm one of sorry. Ocean's Elevens. Remember, yeah, really? Remember last uh, issue. Uh, or one of them he had where you saw like his office. He had like a bunch of Mountain Dews and stuff. I'm like. No, I don't think this is going to tie well, into is, that. Uh, obviously, if, I, if I'm forced to stay in some kind of office and not show myself and be exactly. very mysterious, you better load that bitch up with some Diet yeah, Pepsi. I, I would like that as well. I would like to have that and, you know, have some snacks and stuff yeah. like that. But He's getting contactless delivery from Domino's just leave at the door. With the, yeah, really. He's, like, he, he's now Kevin McAllister. Oh, my God. And then instead of keep the change, you built the animal. He ends up just saying, you're happy. Now get the hell out of here. I am happy. Uh, but you do see him save Dr. Ware at the end. But yeah, the big thing here is that Helena, she's getting help, but not really help. But let's see how this plays out. And Dick Grayson well, goes so undercover mind is a as bit well. Quieter, it seems like to her, not worried about much because of Psycho Pirate's influence. Yeah, it's just the idea. Of, again, if it is this vision stuff, you're able to calm it down. 
through maybe later she well, not gets even just the hypnosis. idea of calming down the like the rage and stuff like that but all the anxiety and t- problems that she had in between those moments of visions and stuff like that that's all quieted down too where she can just say have some quiet and like have some peace to herself and also feel happy because she was told to oxy there you go and up until here everybody don't take oxy and again one. and again handfuls I mean, but by the and my mind when i'm talking about this you have this arc and power deal but leading up to this yeah, Helena had the visions, but like I said, it was being played off almost like a bonus at one point. And she it wasn't, did, and I didn't like she that. didn't feel it like all of a sudden now it's that she can't take it. I thought they were gone. And even then after the idea of, hey, everything's done with the whole Hugh Vile, she was having them as if she was just seeing violence and violence was cueing that. Well, that's what we assume because we didn't have enough information. And now that we find out more, I'm OK with it. Yeah, I don't think that this is really spelled out as more. It's just one guy that she goes and attacks. And well, she's it keeps saying, happening, oh my God, they're though, all over the place. I think this is just retroactively trying to fudge this in to make it continue. Like Mariko Tamaki keeps doing with all of well, her. It didn't make sense before, points. but now it does make well, sense. It, we had Hugh Vile get killed, and then all of a sudden, Fear State, all of a sudden, there's eggs going. It's always her adding, oh, yeah, it didn't end. We, we thought it did. It didn't. Oh, it ended fine. Oh, no, it didn't end. She's Here just adding more vile. Yeah, it's just that is, and it's getting vile to me. I don't hate this. I just, nothing is getting me. In except for the idea of you're retroactively continuing your stuff, just fear state, we said. She didn't want to be involved with it, so you ended up continuing the mouth monsters again when you had thought they were done. That's what she keeps doing. Every story just continues this, and you have it by the end that, boy, I hope Huntress gets some real help after this, because this ain't real help, and she's well, going to maybe Anavulsion is the last mouth monster. I think, well, maybe, because she straight up kills the one guy, but... Where's the mouth monster when they kill him? Where is the mention of it? Well, we better get this and tell the authorities. That would have been that would have served well for me. The idea, hey, call an ambulance. He's dead. We don't need an ambulance. Well, we better get somebody here. Well, when the when the majority of them died previously, besides with Hugh Vile is like the master one of it, pretty much just seemed like the the eye worms came out. And I don't know how that worked, and they just like it didn't do anything. But it didn't seem like, and it doesn't seem like we're getting that background of them going around and trying to affect a lot of people and things like that. And also with that, I would have liked if your theory is correct and Anavulsion not only has the mouth monster but might be the new Hugh Vile, I would expect that people around the tower will start getting the mouth monsters themselves, which may be the big play by the end why she has everybody join in with her. But we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Thank God Mr. Freeze has that goddamn helmet on so he doesn't get all mouth yeah, monstered yeah, up. Yeah, with him. Look, and he's walking around. He's like, I don't even know why I'm really here. I'm not that violent a criminal. I mean, Look, I'm his here. His wife I'm left him, became an ice monster. He's been depressed. It he's would happy be hilarious because he is happy. He's just walking around. Everybody's like they're on Zola, every which I would gets, expect every that's Every time what it's he like. gets out on the street, he's just pushing drugs, it seems like. Just stay it's here. True. Plus the drugs are there. Man, you used to be. It would be funny. He's like walking around. They're like, "Oh my god, aren't you upset about Nora?" He's like, "Ah, that bitch can go take a hike." Like, (laughs) man, he has changed. He has done this. Uh, it would be funny if she showed up to kind of take him out of there when she found out. But who knew a woman with uh, such a cold heart would want to rekindle the fire? Warmed over. (laughs) Uh, but we have the boy back up, and this is that continuing deal where you do have. Scarecrow getting the kids from the house to go in and try to kill Bruce Wayne. And there's not a lot going on here in the I main I like this part. a lot, but the I main like plot enough. that we had going from last issue where the fear toxin takes over the kids' minds and he could use them as soldiers as they attack Wayne Manor, stuff like that, to kill Bruce Wayne, 
it doesn't feel like a scarecrow fear talk thing. It feels like a Mad Hatter thing. So our idea of how this plot works, I don't like. But having, you know, this boy show up who tagged along because he didn't want to feel left out here and seeing Rob and the boy wonder come out of the freaking back staircase from behind the like the uh, the library and show up and start punching kids because you can't have Batman. Just show up and start crap. That's kids. what I said. It, it's Robin's here so that you can kick and punch kids. That, that's and basically it's good, why. The thing is, I'm all about Dick Grayson, Robin freaking punching some kids here. And it's, it's a bit of fun coming in here. It almost feels like the Robin that we had from the Robin and Batman kind of bit it for does. how young it does. But they are maybe and maybe just because it's young Dick Grayson again. And they're fighting little kids so i think they're skewing younger i mean yeah. it does seem a little younger right but whoever but- the boy must be because he's all afraid of batman doesn't like batman because when robin talks about batman he's not about this batman is showing up all badass later on and scarecrow knows this doesn't want the boy to be caught overdoses him on fear toxin so he can claim insanity on the whole thing when he goes to arkham asylum but this whole thing where we have the idea of the boy being younger than Dick Grayson here, like, who is he going to grow up to be for this timeline of events? And if it only turns out to be a Nero 19, just for this, this is Nero 19's origin of why he doesn't like Batman, that is weak sauce, because that character already isn't as interesting as the boy. Jason Todd, Eric pre-dying his hair. Uh, Red you, end up, yes, you, you end up with it. The only thing that I, I didn't like per se of it is the idea of I really don't even know really what the Scarecrow's full out plan is just to kill Bruce Wayne. Oh no, this this plan is just uh, seems like a personal situation because of how he thinks that the boy, the the main the boy in question, is special and he sees something special in him. And all that Bruce Wayne is bringing him by you know doting on him at the boys' home is pain and suffering. So Scarecrow wants to get revenge on the boy for all the pain and suffering. Scarecrow's doting on him too, which these kids might yeah, get mad at. Shit about Scarecrow doting on the idea of this though is well, you add the hey, look at that doctor. Scarecrow doctor. You add the doctor. I'm not even saying the Scarecrow. You know, Doctor Crane is yeah. doing that as well. It's just an odd plan. I thought that what we were going to get by the end was going to be like more of a connection, which we almost get. But the idea of like this is Scarecrow's Robin. When you even have the boy say, "I, I could be your psychic. I could be this." I thought we were going to have that little juxtaposition deal of where you'll get Batman. How dare you do this? And he's like, I'm just doing what you did. I learned from you, Batman. It's such a weird idea to have, though, because we know Scarecrow's origin is not this, unless we're retroactively changing things at this point in time, because Batman sees Scarecrow getting away, and he says, Scarecrow, stop. And I would think if after the first encounter of Scarecrow, that Batman and everybody else would know that the Scarecrow is Dr. Jonathan Crane, then why would a Dr. Jonathan Crane then work for the <laughs> Martha Wayne, you know, voice home situation that Bruce is in charge of and visits regularly to, you know, dote on the boy here? So this background, why I like the, the substance of it, the details really do bother me. Yeah, and even then, it seems like Alfred doesn't know who the Scarecrow is. I like Alfred shows up with the, the pot and pan. He's like, he's got a frying pan. And this is why the guy always gets his arm cut off or is freaking dead. He's not prepared. This is why that always happens. Yeah, yeah, because he shows up with a frying pan. He came to a frying pan in a fear fight is what he ended up doing. But it is funny when Dick Grayson comes flying out. It's fun. I actually liked it at the end. You you say that, but he is MI6 trained. He is, but so uh, drop the frying pan. Right? This is there. What do you want him to have, really? A gun. I want him to have an See, Uzi. Again, you, think there's, you think there's a lot of weapons up in uh, the Wayne Manor, exactly. do Exactly. A book. Throw a book at him. Throw the book at him, Eric. So the See, book is go. better than a frying pan. Yeah, frying pan's odd. What was he, making some late night freaking like fried eggs? pit instead? I don't know. Maybe a bat. Something. Hey, I'm the Batman. He could yell, right? You could have that. <laughs> Give me that bat That'd bat. Be so hilarious. Uh, but it is funny. Like I said, the reason I said Jason Dodd is just how he's holding him. 
as he comes out. He's got the boy. The boy there. I mean, this is the only the this is the only deal that Batman only knows how to hold dead kids or, or hurt kids this, this way. Is how I hold children yeah. as well. Exactly. As far yeah, away that's, from me as possible. that's what is the problem. You end up where you see the side deal. You're out like six feet holding him out. But yeah, oh, yeah, it's okay. And then we do have a sneak Somebody peek. take this from me. We have a sneak peek for the Batman Superman World's Finest book that will be coming out soon by Mark Wade and Dan Mora. I ask you, do you think that this is just a full-out preview, or do you think this is the first couple pages I think it's the first the couple book? pages. I hope that's not the case. I hope that me this too. is actually just the preview, because I still, though through this, I like it. I think the art's fantastic. You said to me, and I agree, Maybe they think that people are not so hip on the Metallo anymore. Well, not even just the Metallo. When you have Metallo show up as one of your big bads here, and Metallo and Poison Ivy, which is a cool dynamic, and we are luring Superman out, so Metallo, who usually uses his green kryptonite heart, can actually do something different here, and stab you know, Superman in the heart with an injection of like liquid red K to see what's going to happen. I'm like, that's amazing. I want to see that. Yeah, that's but when cool. you actually use your page space to say... Man, I'm Metallo, and I have a heart made of kryptonite, a green kryptonite, but this here, it is red kryptonite, and who knows what will happen, because every time someone, a Kryptonian, is exposed to red kryptonite, some, the expositionary manner of dialogue felt so out of place, and felt so forced, I'm like, you really are worried that people don't know Metallo yeah, or I red kryptonite. The thing is, they might, because they both, neither have been around for a long time now, but the way it's described is so not like you know natural or that it feels really off I'm, I'm telling you you almost get the idea that it's going to keep going and like hey by the way if you read the year of the villain i'm not the metallo that ended up falling in love with it like it just keeps going i think that this might be the idea of an everything matters let's explain that it's kind of going back to classic well even with that i'm just saying like you know metalverse after that whole thing we rebooted the universe post-death metal metallo can be back to life and i'm okay with it. exactly yeah so i, I think though that they're afraid that people are going to be like i don't understand what's and you kind of get an explanation though a lot of it like that red k deal did feel like somebody explaining like their own joke type of deal. So it fell flat instead of seeing Art's like, great. oh, my God, that's awesome. That's cool. The explanation, you're like, okay, buddy, we get it. I mean, why you are you Superman this? is some badass monster, and then at I'm the all end, about it. You see a bunch of things going on, and you get what looks like Magog at the end, and that is something I don't think it's that, Magog. Yeah, I think. You don't think there with that, no. that helmet on? It looks exactly, and that's Mark Wade's deal from Kingdom no. Come as well. Because I initially thought Magog as well when I saw it, because that's, you know, where your mind goes for certain things like that. But it, it didn't look the same to me. We'll see what that is and if that is the case, but with that that ends the deal it got me kind of like all right i'll dig that no, no, i think that as it long as great. we're not so over the top with our exposition about what everything is going on on the scene right there like you know if it comes out as a natural way because everything i saw here poison ivy metallo teaming up the world's finest doing stuff and then over like a, a larger threat in the background and superman possibly becoming a monster man love all of these things and the art looks great it's just the dialogue that these characters had at moments really threw me off if i'm thinking and i'm hoping where I said, I hope this isn't the first couple pages in there, because I, I think that it. with that, you have a couple pages, and I do think they're like, okay, we got a couple pages. We've got it's jam packed. I mean, it's jammed with everybody yelling and saying things, and maybe that's why. And also, I don't know the time frame here. Is this Tim Drake years ago? Is this Tim Drake now? Is still as Rob and stuff like that? Because what we with what we have, this does feel like it could be something from the past. Yeah, I think it will be something of like tales of the past type of deal in my mind because of Superman being there. I think they'll spell out that this is when you have that world's finest. A lot of times, it is like you know greatest hits and things. We'll have to see. I don't know. We'll have to see when it comes out. But that got me looking forward to it. I'm in. Uh, overall, what would you give this? 
I like the regular Detective Comics issue dealing with the tower and the idea in here, I'm actually more like inv- invested than I feel like I previously was. I really do like the boy backup, even though the the ideas behind what's going on don't exactly impress me. I'm not going to count the you know the Batman Superman stuff, but overall, I like the art throughout this whole thing, and I am finally invested in the story and want to see where it goes next with the mouth monsters and psycho pirate and stuff like that. So I'm giving it a seven point eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm giving it a six, and that's up from my score on the site. I did like the boy a little bit more. And Mal, actually, I did like that Batman Superman, but I'm not going to add that in. No, but I'm, that, I'm yeah. not invested in the story at all. I have no. It seems concern. like that's where our oversizedness went for the 1050. Was that backup for to like previewing something else? It feels yeah, it's weird. weird. But the other thing about it is the way that Mariko Tamaki is dealing with this story and going forward. I'm not even sure that we'll see Helena and anything to do with her for the next five issues. She just keeps jumping between characters, going back and forth. So I don't know. That that is even anything that's you know that important that we're going to deal with that as being the main deal. You start doing the mouth monster stuff, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it goes. But the reveal of Psycho Pirates seemed to wow a lot of people. It confused me, especially with what was going on in Infinite Frontier. And I know that everybody has the wonky timelines and things like that. You could do it, but the idea of having Psycho Pirate here seems like it should be bigger than him being like I said, a simp there involved in the big con of getting a check. And it might be. We'll, we'll have to see. I doubt it because Mariko Tamaki never played. She didn't even play with Fear State in the book of a Bat book. I don't think this is going to tie into Dark Side and, you know, Infinite Frontier and Omega stuff with that. I, I think that that would be a real weird swear. But with that, I'm still not invested. I still don't see anything here of why I should be excited or involved in this story. And we'll see how it plays out. I think that the jumping through time is something that is oh, that's a, a, that's a you know bit, a little bit sleight of hand in my here. Mind. Look at this going on when I don't really have that, and it, it gets a little bit troubling. Like you said, uh, it's neat seeing that Dick Grayson's there. He spuds some you know Dan papers Smith. and stuff. Dan Smith is involved, so at least we have him in as well and find out how he did that. So with that, we'll see. It's one of those. I'm not going to say this, that, or the other thing until I actually see it on the page. So we'll see as it goes forward, but. We'll go to the next book, which I am impressed with, Eric, and I am hooked in, which is crazy because at first we weren't. What is it, Eric? Action Comics number 1039, written by Phil Kennedy Johnson, with backup by Sean Aldridge and art by Ricardo Federici, Lee Lowridge and Dave Sharp, with backup art by Adriana Mello and Hi-Fi. Yes, we are war world bound, and Superman is doing his best gladiator impersonation with Omac and Steel. It's just that he's, you know, still trying to act like Superman and not an actual gladiator because he's taking a lot of hits to the head. But for some reason, even with the red sun generators that are emitting the radiation out from the center of War World, he still does seem a little bit too powerful to me. He does. He's like, they keep saying, like, you can't block an axe with your head. I'm like, no, no, he shouldn't. I agree. Maybe he shouldn't be, yeah, but he I, is. I'm with that. I, I don't think that's the case either. Uh I'll, I'll, you know, get everybody mad and, and insane here. I do not like Ricardo Federici's art at all. And it, it was a, it's a style thing. I never did. But with it, it, it ends up doing exactly what I say sometimes with an Alex Ross art. The art is very impressive. It, it pulls me out of the issue a bit because it's, it's a little different than what we're used to. But when you get art like this and the way it is, it does not feel, it feels very static. And usually you get a narration-heavy issue like you do here. 
So with that going, I think it fits the gladiatorial deal. We talked about that. Oh, you yeah. Even it said it. I very think- John Carter and Mars or freaking like Conan the Barbarian, which with what we're dealing with, I'm like, yeah, this fits for me. Yeah, it fits. Now, with that, though, we're at part four of this, and it almost seems like you kind of, you know, take a little breather here, which maybe some people need it. But the idea of the narration, instead of seeing things, just to go with the idea, yeah, he's fighting in the... The gladiatorial deal. So you thought we're taking a breather here? Because the thing is, I actually because we're not actually seeing a lot of things for the in this issue. We're actually taking our time, like for a lot. That this is going to be a a long thing. Not like a breather. I'm like we are expanding on the situation that we're going to do. Like we're stuck here for a while. We're going to know and improve upon everything you thought you knew about War World, and for all the problems that I might have had previously, like the idea from like you know. um, when uh, Mongol and Warworld first showed up previously with Martian Manhunter and Superman, we reference these things as more of ideas than actual things of what happened to Superman's no, I, life I actually... to show you these different things. And even the rituals involved within the center of Warworld where you have a species and the last one to die is then, you know, exalted as this last thing is going to join its people, but they all died in the praise of Warworld and stuff like this. Like, we are taking time to really expand upon what we thought we knew with Warworld, Mongols, and such like that. I'm like, we are doing a deep dive. Yeah, that's what I call a breather. Because we ended up having full out action, Superman beating the crap out of people, you know, Mongol yelling and screaming, and then we stopped to tell almost like a story time deal and have something where, okay, there's called details. Like, no, I, I think it's time out. Let's not, you know, we're not going to really advance the stuff with Superman. Yeah, we're going to show him fighting, 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 but through a narration, let's take a time out a bit to tell you a bit more about War World. And the down below things and what's going on. I, I think it's 100% a breather from the full out action that we end up having. And you do expand on where you have action going on here. You see the different characters and what they're doing. And even the idea where you have these priests of Mongol that are doing these, like, you know, these ancient rites that they believe, but they are all false. They're talking about, you know, things that they're reading off the wall that are based off the Genesis fragment, which started this whole thing off, which has felt weird that we haven't dealt with in so long now, where Superman realizes. They're not reading the stuff right. I don't know how to decipher this yet, but this gen- this piece of Genesis fragment that came with the refugees originally to Earth and all this sort of this might if I can figure this out, it might be a way to like, you know, bring War World down and bring the people to my side and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, we're adding this bit in here, which is really exciting because then you actually get the whole, you know, steel work steel working with the blacksmith and actually making some armor for Superman so we actually do get the look that we had in future state for that character as well. And also he needs it because he's not fighting and again. He's, dumb as shit. he's Rocky. <laughs> he wants to learn how to fight, you know, back to the deal where I said before it was for Rocky. Even with the narration though like the idea that we're he's writing this all down. I think he's hiding this journal in his butt cheek. Of course he is. It's his, his prison wallet. It is his prison wallet. This is the watch from Pulp Fiction. It definitely is. It's a pocket or watch. Anything from Deadpool too. Yeah, yeah. So with that, though, like I said, you end up where it is. It plays off like a lot of montages because of the static art and the narration in my mind. I like it. I like what I'm not saying that a breather or whatever is bad. I like it, though. See, a breather is me just kind of hanging out and bullshit. Like, this is like more details that's putting my things to rest. All the problems that I thought I had where I thought that Philip Kenny Johnson was just taking a concept that Bendis totally screwed up and just ran with. It does seem like he's actually thought this out and everything that all the like the interpretations that we can say, like, this is what happened with War World or Mongols before. He's talking about this as through the eyes of Clark Kent and Superman from what we've had previously, like stories heard. It turns out this isn't true. Yeah, and again, this I still true. don't think that that's not a breather because he isn't really doing much. He is sitting around talking. He's talking to himself. He's writing in a journal and you're getting an expanded type of mythos deal, but you're not really dealing with the story 
mainly of what were there of him fighting and trying to do it. You're getting a little more explanation of everything else. And it does, in my mind, because of the art, take a little time to do that, which is good. I just don't know. And me personally, going into this, I don't really give a rat's ass about War World. I'm being quite honest. If we go through this and see, story. no, I'm saying, but if, uh, it's not really. It's Superman trying to free War World is but, what well, I'm no, here no, no, for. I don't though, care. But the entire thing is elevating the characters of Mongols and War World to the point where they are actually taken as a threat well, again. Well, what I'm saying is I don't know that this makes it a threat. You're going through that he is giving you some flowery, you know, explanation. That's fine. He is showing you this War World deal that we haven't had before, but I'm not that interested in it. I want to see Mongol you know, and Superman, Superman freeing things, he's taking the long way around, and I don't mind that, but it's nothing where I'm going to sit here and say, oh my god, I've been waiting to see, you know, all this inner workings of War World, I, I wasn't, I didn't really care, I like it, I like what we're getting, but it's not anything that's wowing me, and I will not be really thinking about this probably a year from now about, oh man, remember those innards of War World, because it's not really why I'm here, but if you're a Superman fan and expands the mythos, that's cool. Uh, to me, though, it, it ended up by the point with that static art, it did seem to kind of drag on for me at a point. And the idea of the writing where he says, and that's kind of a clever deal. The priests are reading it. I thought a witch priest, by the way. But the priests well, are reading it. They're reading it wrong. And I don't know how, in my mind, how anything reading it right would be the key to doing anything. Because it just does seem like writing. It yeah. seems like, like you know, and they say it's a uh, oh man, this piece in the back in the day said that Mongol was the best, and he's gonna kick ass. If Superman says no, 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 I end up translating it says that you know Mongol sucks. I don't know how that really changes. It's gonna be his rallying cry for everybody to join in with him, which is fine. But that just it, it didn't really wow me. But I do like the stuff with steel. I thought that was awesome. I well, like the, the idea. the idea where we are in some of the inner like layers of the war world, and for what that is, it's the oldest, one of the most like the the, the oldest captured thing, like the heart of war world. And if it is something like a Genesis fragment that is the same writing from the source, it really goes almost fourth world and stuff like that, and all beyond. So whatever is has this talking like this this writing on the wall and wherever this came from, while we we're going to say, oh no, this says praise Mongol motherfuckers because he is the greatest there is. It could actually be this, you know. Almost like a voice of God written on there. Like one of the things that Indiana Jones would try to find and, you know, keep in a museum for how important this might be to everybody involved. No, and it is just writing. It's not the fragment itself. The, not even the fragment, because even the fragment when it said, like, light ray is, was our biggest part of the Genesis fragment. Well, what I'm going to go with is the idea of it seems like they've been worshiping this fragment for a bit. This is the big thing that they're basing this on, everybody going with would be the same as if I said, just came out and said, hey, listen, they translated the Bible wrong. It actually says that I'm the guy. I don't know that that would change anybody's idea or actually do. They would just say that you're full of crap. Well, maybe not you, but maybe well, if you're I'm Superman. a scholar, though. And, and again, Superman isn't looked at as anything as special here, especially with what's going on. But it's fine. I mean, and I'm like I said. I'm actually very curious about why that Genesis fragment was sent with the refugees, because I always felt like a weird side part to the story leading into this, because we did care about the Felosians and the refugees, and then it became this weird thing. When the ships came down, the source came, and then Atlantis and the U.S. were fighting over them. Like, why did that come? Because it was a weird B plot that it didn't feel like it went anywhere, but it felt important for the idea of the character Light Ray is, and the like the the prophecy of what's to come it's weird because it's i don't know why i can i'm reading it now eric 
Drink more Ovaltine. Oh, my God. You have the special decoder. <laughs> uh, no, and what I'm saying, and I feel like I'm, I'm coming off as real negative. I'm not. I'm just saying the idea of this. I know people like were wild, and I think that the way that Frederici's art does, combined with this narration, it does feel like it's more important or it seems like it's a lot more fancy. But some of the stuff I don't really care that much about. But at the end of that, I actually think that this ties in that maybe – we're going to have a little Brainiac action, and Brainiac might be pissed off because they de- definitely seem to be trying to destroy civilizations and things like that. And I wouldn't get an idea like Brainiac would find out about this and maybe have an issue. Shit, I bet them boy, them guys want to clean stuff up. It's like, all right, Warworld, you come over here. You can like, you know, consume this planet, make it your own, take all the people. I, I just want that city over there. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, it seems like almost the exact opposite of the play of a Brainiac who likes to get a little cataloging. Even in, I think it was in the 90s, Brainiac. Brainiac did control War World. Yeah, so I think that that's what I really got out of it. The idea of oh my god, we, we might actually get Brainiac. It was the one with the, like, the Van Dyke, almost Errol Flynn kind of mustache, the sexy Brainiac. Oh yeah, <laughs> bring him on. And even that, I mean, the, the this issue I do like. Again, you'll hear my score, not quite as high as yours, but I really do like it because it does. In my mind, it lets you settle down, learn about War World, and also see... With sitting aside all the problems that I had previously, too, with the way that I thought that Phil Kennedy Johnson was telling the story, where it seems like he has really thought it out. Yeah, but this feels like like he did The Last God, and this feels definitely 100% like that, where he does like to deep dive and kind of make up a myth, but he's still making it up. He's still doing it, but it works, it fits, and it's kind of cool. The idea where Superman even says as this one beast gets knocked down into this pit. The saying, last crow. Yeah, I let you down. I'm going to try to find any of your end. Like, he, they said the last one, Clark. He's supposed to be the last one, too. Well, that's what I think it's only pointing at. And the funny thing is, when they do that, they're like, no, nope, he's not. But does that tie John in as well? Just like the idea of the Felosians. Nobody knew about them. Yeah. Even then, like, you get that, too. And it's fine. I, I like it. I like the idea. But I'm more here to see Clark. Start training like a war worlder He's gonna go and he's got his thing And and you end up having steel being able to Manipulate things and make you know a plate With it though because that's the thing is we have Just begun the story proper On world and I do hope that we do Spend a, a long time here to really Flesh everything out and like you know Allow Superman to be the beacon of hope in the darkness and not just have him like, all right, I'm good now and punch Mongo in the face and move on. Yeah, I, I just I do you know how long the story is? I have is? no idea, especially with the ideas of like, you know, death of Justice League and stuff. I have no idea how any of that's playing in. Like, I don't know either. How it's solicited. So I'm kind of worried, but I, I am here and I, I'm here for it. I like it. I'm excited about it. Uh, I did see Phil Kenny Johnson talking about, like, he were really, like, I'm pretty sure it was the idea on Twitter that he's talking about Metropolis stuff that he really looks forward to doing, but I don't know when. But the thing is, I'm not looking forward to getting back to this, the basic kind of stuff with Superman, because I am really enjoying now what we're getting with this and the idea of elevating both the character of Superman, like the idea that we always wanted in the DCYOU era where you have a Superman who's powerless but still is the strongest man alive because of the hope that he inspires. And that's what we're getting here, plus elevating Warworld and making Mongol a threat again instead of just a punching bag for that he was used in every Bendis Yeah, and, and the thing is, again, he was used as a punching bag because he'd show up. Even in that last ride, he just got kicked off into the void of space, ah, you know, yelling. And and you have this, and it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of pomp and circumstance in my mind, but it all plays out well. I think that it's cool, but Mongol himself... You know, he's there, he's in the background doing all the things, but I really want to see more Superman and stuff like that and the idea of tying it into 
you know, the Genesis fragment and they didn't end up translating it right. Midnighter going around trying to free Apollo and the rest of his friends. I do think that at a point, because it does look like, you know, you have the Superman breastplate that you end up having. You know, Natasha make. I think that Mongol might have a problem with that, and there might be some problems. I mean, he ends up having <laughs> well, it there. The minute I saw that, that the future, he, sees he still that, had it. I know that that's what gets me, though. It's the idea Again, where maybe like, that would, that more enhances the idea, the symbol of hope in their minds, and seeing him get beat down with it. Yeah, but the minute that he ends up hitting some, like that thing's being ripped. Like it's weird, but I like the play of it. And I like the idea, and it's it's done in a cool way of. Hey, I want to, you know, join you. I want to be your apprentice. Ooh, they wouldn't let the clan of Superman do that, but I'll, I'll see if I can fudge it and stuff. So yeah. you do see that all the people aren't necessarily, you know, hit with everything. Well, they're getting on, getting on. They're trying to make their lives on Warworld now as best they can, except for, oh, well, I say that, but it's also with OMAC, which is my biggest problem with this right now, because everybody else, we know what they're trying to do. They're still with the agenda for the most part, the authority agenda, except for Manchester Black. I don't know what's wrong with him. We didn't see him here, but Omak is still so ill-defined here. And like, I know she's angry because the only thing she's here for is that light ray and she's dead now. That was her entire world, but that was just like a few sentences of dialogue that allowed me to know that. And beyond that, there's no other real character trait besides we know she's a powerhouse. But and if I don't Light Ray comes back, I think right on board again or, Agreed. you know, the deal. So and and I would think that the Genesis fragment is what will lead to oh, that. I think it. that that's the deal. That's the big connection we had. But is the translation of that or is it going to be we'll like the evil day? You got to recite from the Necronomicon. So I'm saying it might be. It might be. Full out. Well, it is the source fragment, the Genesis fragment. So, so we'll see. We, what are you going to get it except for the source? That's true. The we got to get to the source. But no, I, I like it. I just, I'm not that into, you know, the war world stuff, but it expands things. It does make things bigger. And it, for people who are into that sort of deal, that's awesome. The, the Midnighter stuff I love. And, and it's very quick where he's there. He's gathering up the worst of the worst. Like he's getting the, the scraps of like, come on, guys, we're going to join together. Hey guys, gonna we're going to kill this. some people. I Don't really worry, they're like your captors. That. Yeah, and he's like, we're going to get down there. We're going to do this. You end up having a the bunch man of this. I love, and we're going to get you off this freaking war world. I will, uh, you know, say the dialogue here. Did you think you were having a stroke? <laughs> I did. I, I'm like, what is going on here? But when they get down to the bottom of that and there is Apollo, that's awesome. That is awesome. Sure is. And, and I love where it is that page turn where he's like, uh, I know that idiot. We can't break him out yet, but we will. Hear me, babe? And I'm like, does he like this alien-looking guy? Like, what is he doing? And you see, it's, it's oh, Apollo. It's Apollo. I'm like, oh, that's the babe. <laughs> Midnighter moved on fast, and he does not have standards. And it looks awesome. That does. And again, my idea with the Frederici art, uh, Frederici art, is not that it doesn't. I say look that I don't good. know if that's how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, it's not that it doesn't look good. It always is that deal where it, it feels too static for me, but it works well. In a narration deal like this to give just you the tone of the book, I feel it works well. Yeah, it does. Uh, and yeah, you get montages of them fighting and things like that. But a lot of the times I was busy, you know, reading the narration boxes and this, you know, the prison pocket wallet journal. It'd be great at the end. He just pulls it out again. I, I just imagine he's writing it in the dirt and there's no real record. He freaking just pushes it aside and starts writing more. I think he pulls it out of his butt, and then it's, you know, written in blood. It, it's nonsense. It's no, tough. he brought a pen up there, too. Earlier, when they ended up, because he was injured, and you have the one guy there, the, say, I guess he was the Plosion, say, hey, you yeah. gotta heal that. I think he actually meant his butt wallet. You there. gotta go dig yeah. up some worms, put that in I there. I think he meant his, his journal. Not, not that. So, yeah, because you could get, you know, sick from that, Eric. You could. 
Uh, but yeah, but you're it, all that red sun uh, radiation. I do like it. I just, again, some of the things I thought maybe okay. And he, Philip Kennedy Johnson, goes on his Twitter and, and expands on some things. I told you that before, and yeah. it is nice, but it just it wasn't necessarily my thing. But we go to the Martian Manhunter backup, Ooh, and that's my wee, thing. I love the Martian Manhunter backup. Too. This is such a great idea that we're Martian Manhunter for the majority of all his time back in the day. He was always a backup player, and having a situation where we're using him in a backup here, this really seems like it fits him as a spotlight of what he, where he's supposed to be. Because in this whole thing, we have a Martian Manhunter where it really does feel like we're reintroducing. Characters and concepts from stuff from like House of Mystery back in the day or Detective Comics where, you know, he was featured in backups were showing new readers this, but also showing people who are starving for Martian Manhunter. Like, here you go. All the stuff that you like about John Johns, it is here because even when you have a situation where he's talking to the young girl that we ended the last issue with, whose name's Zoe, but she goes by Zook because you know why? She's his number one fan and Zook was the Martian Manhunter sidekick back in the day. I'm like, I like it. She's wearing an orange hoodie to like, you know, look more like Zook. That's all great. And even the idea where you tie in the idea of the missing kids that have been going around and like the stuff that's been stolen from the art museum that got Martian Manhunter into this whole thing. These kids are running around in gold masks. Like, what is this? I got to get to the bottom of this. So it ties into the stuff with the police who are investigating the missing kids and it all ties around to the stuff that are being lured out. And it is ultimately a trap for Martian Manhunter by the crime syndicate, the, the vulture that he took down back in the 60s and stuff like that. And it's them coming back and like, you know, like idea like, hey, we're, we're coming back for you. The vulture you thought was gone. We are back and we're and like, I like you know, the in, idea. In a big he, way. Didn't, he didn't kill him. He actually, yeah. the vulture died. And whether it's Mr. V, I, I ended up, you know, looking oh, the up faceless like you and, stuff the, like that, and yeah. the faceless deal, like Xavier or whatever. When that guy ended up dying in a car accident, he ended yeah. up where Martian Manhunter impersonated him. And took down this whole vulture organization from the inside, which was cool. But it also was at a point where he kind of gave up. Martian Manhunter afterwards gave up a lot of this whole. Oh, John Jones is gone at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, it's funny when you do end up in a everything matters kind of way, seemed even bigger where you do have the vulture deal go, you know, from the. Hey, you know, you're not really up to speed anymore. You haven't done this for a while, and I, you better get back to it. And it was cool. I wish that well, there even was. Even the idea when Vulture is trying to pick up the, one of the kids that has like run away from home because he's part of this message board, and then like you know, Martian Manhunter shows to stop him. The situation where the driver for the getaway car is one of Martian Manhunter's. It's a reimagined version, but it's one of Martian Manhunter's villains, the Getaway King. I'm like, that's great. They're like you were doing everything here to like bring people up to date in, in a fun way. I wish there was editor's notes. I wish that they ended up spelling out some of the things where people could go and check out some Well, you can't because, because they're not on the app. Well, with that, even so, it seems yeah. like people might, I, I'm sure we could probably find somebody reviewing it or talking about it that thinks that's the court of the owls at the end with the vultures. Don't look completely like it, but I think people might make that mistake. And it, it would be tough because uh, it's cool. It really does tie in a bunch of things like the getaway king, like you said. And I think that people should pay more attention to this if they're not, because it is one of it's the better things so for Martian Manhunter. stuff with Martian Manhunter because he always feels like this outsider without his own kind of story going on besides for, I don't like fire. But he has this deep and rich history that we're now exploring now that he does have the spotlight to go off and just do super heroic stuff. And it's his past coming back to haunt him. And that's the coolest part about it. Yeah, maybe that's the play. Maybe that's the thing, because. I'm almost saying that I love this for the exact opposite of what I was saying about War World. Maybe it is just what I'm enjoying and what I want to have because War World stuff, Philip Kennedy Johnson expands it, brings it up to date, gets it bigger. 
That's kind of what Sean Aldridge is yeah. doing here with. But I like Martian Man and I want to see more of him. Oh, and the art's amazing too. And the colors here, more standard kind of style, but it's good. It really was like cool. And and again, if you want to see the Vulture terrorist organization, their first appearance was House of Mystery 160 from back in 1966. Yeah. I wrote down just because of the idea. Also where, that whole story ran from 160 to 173. Yeah, and I wish that you would have, you know, a little bit of a shout out so people realize, oh, well, I can kind of look into that, but hopefully we get a little bit more updated thing with that. But it impressed me and it actually shocked me. Like these backups. It's been my favorite backup that DC's done in so long. The idea where we have kind of gone with that concept of we're not going to end up going up or down the backup, whatever. This definitely upped my score. Because I thought it was so impressive and so much of a a thing where you're seeing that these backups don't have to be nonsense. Well, even the idea of the backups, too, with the idea that he is out of practice because the character of Detective John Jones has been, you know, technically dead for Marshman for a long time now, where he is out of practice from doing all this stuff. Well, that might even be coming back by the end of this because everything else seems to be coming back here that was, you know, based around this time frame. Yeah. And so that's cool. So, yeah, it, it did impress me. And, up my and the score. idea, like, you, people might think it is Court of the Owls, and why not? Because John Jones, like, you know, deserves a Court of the Owls, and the Vulture is it. And the way they're presented here, I'm like, coming coming back right here, like, uh, as, like, um, a threat from the past, and, like, you know, your past is coming back to haunt you now. I'm like, I dig it the most. <laughs> and I do, too, and I love that idea where he's like, you know, Vultures and Vultures generally circle the dead, and you have all these guys there. It's cool. I, I thought it was really good. Uh, what is your score? I like the art in both the main story and the backup, and I love the writing in both of those as well. Just the ideas about, like, you know, OMAC and her characterization and this kind of being not played off. Manchester Black still missing in the background, not being focused up like that. It brought my score down because the thing is, it's not by much, obviously, because I'm still a 9 out of 10. I really enjoyed this, and I think Action Comics is where it's at right now, DC Comics, and it is one of the best books being published monthly. I agree. And I liked it. I liked the art for the art, but as a progressive thing and, you know, panel to panel deal, I think that it does end up feeling very static. That's just my opinion with it. And the heavy narration, I think at the point when you got to the bits with War World and stuff, I felt like I was being taught a lesson. I thought I was in school and that never really plays out well with me. But I love the idea with Superman, the Flosion, him saying to him, Hey, you, you can't fight like Superman. You're not Superman right now. Hey, dummy. <laughs> yeah, he see, still seems a little too powered for what that meant. Agreed. But at least it's spelled out and he's going to end up, he says, teach me how to fight like a warrior here on War World. I thought that you was great. It, I love the part <laughs> with Steel finagling her way in so that she can up the armor and weapons maybe for them. The Omex stuff felt weird. So I'll just go with that. But I thought that even the Midnighter stuff, awesome, awesome stuff. I just, the idea of this really deep dive into the war world history and how this war world works and stuff like that, I didn't think that afterwards I ended up knowing anything more that was real important to the story for me personally to go forward with it. So I thought that that was a bit of a kind of side bit, but, you know, we'll see how. And we think that Light Ray will be brought back. With the whole Genesis fragment and the, I think it will be the phrase, and you'll see that thing light up and she'll jump out and it'll be awesome. But that Martian Man on her, holy moly, I really liked it. So, yeah, I'm going 8 point. Did I say my score yet? No. I'm going to go 8.8. I actually, as I'm talking about it, I'm like, you know what? I did like a lot more of that action <laughs> comics. It was just the idea of how it was presented with heavy exposition about Warworld. But yeah, 8.8. I'm just a little bit below you, and I do think. This is a great book to get. I think it's one of the best out there. And definitely, I think that I could speak for you, Eric. You speak for Green Arrow fans. We all know it's this. True. 
But I think that we could probably say that this would be on both of our do or die oh, yeah, from here on out. But do you believe that the hype is real enough that the sales will pick up? No, I don't think so. Because I do. I think you need more than just, you know, a couple people hyping it like us. But I do think that people should read it. And maybe maybe the art in this. Maybe that's the wow factor that people see that online, see some yeah. of these and go, oh, my God, that looks I awesome. Dig that too. So maybe, you know, the Federici art might do that. I hope it goes up. I mean, I wish that every book was selling 100000 and obviously we'd have a lot more people listening as well because they'd be all excited and we'd love everything. But with that, we'll go to the next book, which Erica, I'm not really digging. Look, right? I'm excited, Jim, because it's almost over. We have Justice League, number 71, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with the Ram V backup of JLD being the finale. Art by Phil Hester, Eric Gapster, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Josh Reed, with Sumit Kumar and Rob Lee on the backup. So yeah, everybody, do you remember in the last issue when we had the Royal Flush Gang break into the Fortress of Solitude and they were going to go and steal it? Well, we didn't know that point, but the king accidentally did something to the crystals and opened up what they called, you know, the thing in the Fortress of Solitude, all the dimensional doors, you know, all the dimensional doors in the Fortress of Solitude. So when we start this issue out, we already have our Just League defeating, you know, the Royal Flush Gang, but then telling us. You have no idea all the shit that you unleashed, King. You almost destroyed the world, and it's the biggest threat that the Justice League has ever faced. Which just leads to us, us seeing three splash pages of what the Justice League faced with all the dimensional doors opening, where it's just like, you know, Solomon Grundy's and Earth 3 power rings and crazy shit, monsters, Trigon. The most biggest, the biggest thing you would ever consider the Justice League having a, like to, to deal with at a whim, like just out of nowhere. Let's toss aside just to get back to the idea. Yeah, you done fucked up, King, but we took care of that. What did you want anyway? I wanted a rock. We were going to sell a rock. It didn't pan out. Oh, well, off the jail I go. This is the this is your story right now. Just is taking it? the evolution. Because it's not a story, Eric. It's nonsense. This is, seems to be the idea that like, you know, what Phil Kennedy Johnson is doing with Mongo and War World and Action Comics, this is Bendis saying, you know what, gang? The Royal Flesh Gang needs to be elevated to be a bigger threat to just like, you know, actually would take as a threat. You know what I'm saying? And when we have the explanation, it's all just kind of nothing because you start the issue out and they're nothing again. For all the background where they did this and this and we're going to do Leviathan 2.0 and Mark Shaw thought they were the tits. So he wanted them a part of his you know, world and be there just as like. And ultimately, they had a guy that allowed them to get inside the Fortress of Solitude because Superman had a rock that they wanted to sell. Yeah, they're, they're basically what it is, is there's an asteroid that's going by Earth, and they think that if they grab the rock, it'll have minerals that they can sell. So they're going to use the Fortress of Solitude to do it. Yeah, you're going to use the tech in the Fortress of Solitude you don't understand. To, to grab it, shrink it, put it, and then at one point says, yeah, maybe you won't sell it, it'll be a paperweight. You, you know what I have to say? Fuck you. This book sucks. It's so bad. And the idea that he was allowed to go this far is ridiculous. This idea that this is our main story, I would, I'd want to think that this is the main draw for anybody who's still in, kind of invested in the just like, oh my God, what is going to happen between our heroes and the Royal Flush Gang now that apparently they are a threat? Well, they're Dover now. And the entire, the rest of the issue is the idea, you know what, Damon Rose, you know, Leonardo Lane, the freaking brother of Lois Lane. He's pretty cool, right? We need to give him a job and checkmate. And you know what? Oliver Queen, we've been doing some good stuff, you know, funding the checkmates of the Justice League. We like you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Oliver <laughs> Queen. Thank and you for being story. rich. Yeah. And, and so with that. While making everybody look stupid. I know for. Yeah, really. I mean, at one point, Black Canary, they're like, Damon Rose, that's Lois Lane's 
brother. What yeah. does that mean? It's Superman's nephew? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. You just sent women back 50 years. <laughs> Check concussion protocol, everybody. But with that, it's told in such a way that it's barely even a story. And this is the idea of this. With the When when Bendis gets on Justice League, and even coming from the Superman action comics, it, it ends up where, at the beginning, a lot of people you know don't like Bendis anyway. So they're never going to admit that they like anything. They're going to be down. Now, people may think that's how we are. You tell me. I would love to freaking love the Justice League. And I'm doing his you know, Ultimate Spider-Man and stuff yeah. like that over on Patreon on the Ultimate Marvel podcast. And I'm digging it. I like it. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. There's a little bit of Bendisisms, but they're not that crazy. But when you read this, it's gotten to the point now where even the defenders, the people who are still, and in my mind, it was amazing that anybody could still support him even through and at the end of the Superman and the action comics deal. But they were still big on, oh, man, he's still a great. He's doing this. You just don't get it. What not? You get You're to right, this I book. Don't. This has been a bunch of nonsense. This book has it's devolved into just ridiculous stuff to the point where you can barely tell a when story. people end up saying, oh, my God, I can't believe they're killing the Justice League. Please, if that's what it took to get rid of this. I understand bullshit, completely. Yeah, because I think I wanted to kill the Justice League for a while a year now. Ago. I mean, they <laughs> are dead. Who is this? You end up having just ridiculous. Is, I don't think the DC Comics need to reboot, but the Just League definitely does. Holy moly. And and so you get all this, and it's just everybody always standing around. How many times in a Brian Michael Bendis book, whether it's this or any of the other, do you get the, man, that was the best fight we've ever had, and all we see is the splash page Dude, ending? I, the thing is, usually, I think the last time we didn't even see like the thing it was just Oliver at the end, like whatever book that was where they were just done, was that the Just League versus Legion? Yeah, I think it was Justice League versus but Legion. That was the best battle three, we ever had. When you have three splash pages here that are taking up two pages at a time, times three, to get us through this freaking book, because you were just filling out page space at this point to get it over with, telling us this is the greatest threat the world has ever seen because King of the Royal Flush Gang opened up all the you know, the dimensional doors in the freaking Fortress of Solitude and unleashed hell throughout the multiverse on our superheroes right now. And you don't get to see it except for like, you know, Superman and a static flying at something. It is the, it's one of the biggest slaps in the faces until you finally get the uh, Black Canary not knowing what a half-brother means to Superman. Even then they're like, you know, real pissed off Superman. <laughs> Superman sits there and he's like, Hey, you guys, the Royal Flesh Gam, I'm kind of mad at you. I'm kind of mad that you ended up doing this. This is my stuff. And then Black Adam's like, I would kill them if it was me. If they touch my stuff. And then you end up Naomi. Thank you, Superman. Thank you for being so patient. I'm like, you, know what? you showed a lot of restraint and patience here. I don't know if you know this, but you are a Superman. You are a Superman. Now, everybody. And, and then I love this where Bendis cannot stop, right? The idea of. Well, I'm gonna yes, need you to Soon, get. No, I'm gonna need you to get that fortress vector Bermuda Triangle. Right? Oh my it is. god! You're like, please. This was your one time to actually do something right and say, you know, he what? just refuses to play with anything that anybody else is doing in the DCU. This is the Bendis Has somebody this said anything to him? Do you think that they've said to him, "Listen, we're I th- I feel like we're done tried, with that"? But he's blocked us or ignored yeah, us the entire you time. You listen to us. But the idea, please, if he is. The Arctic! Stop with your Bermuda Triangle! We haven't done that in a year! And he's still trying to push and that! And we had a reason. We had an event to make it why it couldn't be in the Bermuda Triangle. I had to be back at the Arctic. Yeah, I'm telling you, it, it's like the deal in Clueless. It's not working. It's not catching on. Stop it. it. It's nonsense. And yeah, of course, though, you have to have Naomi there to say it. It's just... 
this well, is nothing. Well, has to tell us how good Superman is. The little flesh gang that was trying to be elevated is pretty much back where they, they are. And then they kind of get cares. together, and then they end up, okay, everybody, royal flesh. Oh, no, we're taken down to death. Yeah. Oh, my God, we're there. But the and- book then devolves as well, and this becomes, you know, a story about Checkmate and how great Green Arrow is for being a part of Checkmate and Justice League and funding all of these things. We just talk about Justice League and Damon Rose stuff, which, again, like we've complained this entire run, all Bendis wants to do is play with his own stuff and not actually do anything with the Justice League book except for tell you how great his other books are by el- using those elements. But I don't need that because I've read those books. We've talked about those books. They were garbage books. You, you showing up here makes this a garbage book. And we talk about be. sales. That checkmate, nobody cared. Nobody bought it. It came out late. It was already, you know, pretty much nothing. And now you're you're pushing it still in what you said is one of the biggest, if not, you know, in the top three books at DC. It should be the big, big book. And yet you're pushing your big, failed big nonsense in it. And it's it's just ridiculous. It's gotten to the point where it just is way over the time where this should have ever have happened. It's the biggest mistake that this book has had. And with that, we haven't had a Justice League that had that like really big long run. You had the different things, and when Scott Snyder left, you had a bunch of different people jumping in out and whatever. I I just need something. And now we have the death of the Justice League coming up, and you know hopefully that ties in and does some things. And when we get back to a Justice League book. He has to be more careful with it than just throw it to somebody who doesn't care or know anything about DC Comics or its characters, it seems. If we are doing anything in this to build up towards number 75, the final issue of the Just League, the death of the Just League, for it to be a continuous story, if we are building up to anything there, by the end when everybody wants to get back to business and Diana kind of walks away looking kind of shady, and we did see from the Future State Justice League that the reason that all the people that we had in Future State who were a part had to keep their identity secrets because back in the day, our day, somebody on the Justice League betrayed them and screwed them over. Boy, if we are doing a continued story, which I can't say we are because I don't we talked about already, be. Bendis only plays in his own playground, doesn't care what anybody else is doing. Why is Diana walking away looking all fucking shady yeah, here? Yeah, I thought that was Dinah, actually. Oh, I'm sorry, Dinah. I, I don't know what I'll say. I think yes, she's walking Dinah. away to the idea, like, the one thing the Royal Flesh Gang got right is that there's a very large disgruntled spy world out there ready to be manipulated or turned. What are you thinking, Oliver? Ooh, Deathstroke Inc. If he's playing with anything. Like, okay. she, ooh, I got my own little I can deal with that. My head went to a dark place. I don't even think that's the case. I think that all this is setting up is whatever this last bit of issues will be to end this, something that seems to be going against Black Adam. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on, even at the point where Black Adam's just like, I'm going to watch this Oliver guy because I don't like him. I'll kill him if he does anything bad. And everybody's like, hey, you shouldn't do that. And he's like, no, no, no. I want him to do that. I'm like, what are you doing here? Just stop it. It's just nonsense. And you have Mr. Bones. Hey, I got a life. Oh, my. That's funny for a skeleton guy to see. (laughs) It's all nonsense. And I'm reading and I barely can even see. Like, I'm thinking of how a script would be written like this. I'm like, it just has to just be words thrown out there. Does he have the magnets on the refrigerator that he's using do. to do this? Because it's nonsense. Fuck Eric. you! Usually I just use it to make fun of my girlfriend, you know. With, so she Crazy gets upset messages. when she goes to get something. Yeah. Hey, fatty. I, I could just imagine your nonsense. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> you are very hurtful, Eric. How dare you? Uh, but we go and then we get that ending to Ram V deal. To me, it seems like this is the well, animal house. This is where people are at the moment. It's not even that thing. It's not even the animal house because an animal house at the end of that movie, you see where they're going. This is the finale. And this is the finale, though, that they're telling everybody it's, this is the recap. 
of what we have yeah, been doing just, and where we are now. That's what I kind of think that it's like just that. Like, hey, we got to make sure that if people didn't pay attention, they this know how it This is what Kareem Nassour thinks about, you know, Ragman and Zatanna, John Constantine, Eleanor Rashtu. Like this little thing where they're like, that he's writing to Kent Nelson, who was gone at this point in time. So it just seems weird, but I like it's just the killing. That, I guess Khalid has more power in the Helm of Naboo than we previously thought. You know, like in the last issue we saw with that, which is weird because we saw in the last issue that it seemed every time he had a vision, it seemed like he went more and more blind. We don't talk about that at all yeah, in the situation, yeah. which felt weird. So I don't even know if that's still the case. It's just, hey, who's part of this Just League Dark? Well, this is who they are. This is what Khalid Nassar thinks about it. And he really does like that detective chimp. Yeah, he liked He liked hugging that chimp. I am Dr. Fate. Yes. And and so if you're going to go with anything. Upside down, man, is still stuck inside the Tana. And we're done now with this. So it just feels such like a a weird conclusion to things. It's weird, too. You say that because a lot of people really did like Ram V's conclusion to the JLD book. That you ended up, you know, kind of coming into this and the future state stuff where – People are like, he came in, he did replace James Tynan, James Tynan stepped away oh, yeah. from it. But there was a lot of stuff that was never resolved then either. And so it seems to be like he likes these endings where, uh, I'm just going to say it's over and we go. But well, with that, those seem like the weird thing where he like, you know, didn't play up the upside down world as much as anything because he just focused on the upside down man. Because when that became a thing and it was unleashed, there were all these people from the upside down world that came in like, you know, destroyed hell, freaking turned the Nanda Parbat into a necropolis. Parliament of trees became the Parliament of flowers. Like there were gigantic, like, you know, shifting elements within DC universe that nobody ever played with or resolved in the whole thing. He's, 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 a statue. he's still a statue in the Oblivion. Yeah, and for us. But yeah, and we even say, if you're listening to us, and we get to parts with, say, Ananda Parbat and stuff. We we are, well, what happened with that? We want somebody okay. to come in. But I think that maybe, and I can't say that DC looks at any writing on the wall. They seem to not be able to read a room ever. But you just have constantly had a Justice League book where the scores are not great. People are going on Twitter, including me and you, with our reviews and things, not liking it. But most of the part is the idea that people are buying the JLD backup. And then just skipping. It's the craziest thing. But that was what a lot of people said. Maybe this is just, hey, we can't have an ending because we will have a miniseries from Ram V down the line. Nothing announced yet, but we'll see. When Khalid finishes his little note to Kent Nelson there, like, this is just the beginning. And, like, so maybe there is, you know, going forward, once the Just League is dead as it is, the Just League Dark can have an ongoing or a maxi or whatever kind of thing to continue our Merlin story because it just hasn't been resolved. And there's, it's not going to be resolved anywhere else. And with that, when, the whole idea now this is just what we think but the justice league being dead we kind of get that idea that they're going to kind of be zipped away and somewhere else and if you're going to do that you are going to have say a justice league dark here want to get and find wonder woman if she was involved so i wouldn't mind that you know the, the search for the justice league and then you have a mini series with the JLB, you could have a bunch of different things going on. Is everybody on. just going to get zapped by Dark Side's Omega Beams and be transplanted to the past Seriously, or somewhere else? Seriously, I think that if it's Joshua Williamson he's tying into things, I think that maybe they get caught in that other side of the darkness with, say, right. Barry Allen. I mean... The other multiverse? Yeah, and I'm saying this. I have no idea. And no. whatever could be at that point, we might actually get for to a point reason, there. For some reason, just with what you're talking about, with the search for this, and I'm like, this feels like when you know Batman yeah, was killed by like Dark that. Side. That's what and I then, think it will be. And then Red Robin, Tim Drake, was going around the world because he 
believed that Bruce Wayne was still alive and was looking for clues and stuff like that. And then you had the other book, The Return of Bruce Wayne. I mean, with the, the landscape of things going on, you do have these stories that seem to be aping other ones and trying to that's tie true. in. We so got that a would lot be of the Grant deal. Morrison aping exactly. going on recently. And that's what I'm saying. And isn't that whole infinite frontier infinite you know just league incarnate is that not real heavy morrison s oh, totally from joshua williams and stuff maybe that'll be the deal but people who you know like this jld backup i think that this is one of those backups where it's just nothingness it's, it's just the it's idea welcome yeah. it's because we feel like we're spinning our wheels just making sure that we can fill out our page space but not really continue on with the story very and you well. know what's weird too because at this point even you are starting to back away a little bit you, you still mentioned you mentioned the just league as we were talking the idea of the possible future of future state. Right. This was yet another one of those that was real tied into that. Oh, yeah. And then by the end, Merlin had destroyed all the magic users in the future and stuff and like that. So when you get this ending that is like, well, you know, you ended up having, you know, young Merlin, he might not do this, might do that, whatever. It, it does end up, like you said, like, yeah, it's kind of overstated. It's welcome, especially tying in. I need to get to the new hot. Which is because there. there's barely been any progress. Like how many backup issues did we spend just fucking around in Atlantis? Well, is it? Yeah. Isn't it like the classic, though? It ended up being, in my mind, like the backup quarterback, where you're always yelling for the backup to come in. But when he does come in, you realize why he's the backup. Not saying that this is better, not better than the Bendis stuff, because I think it was. But the idea that you could keep going with, it was almost like a win-win for Ram V. The idea of people are just going to complain. It'd be better if there was more page space. But what we got wasn't that much, you know, big, but yet it was better than the Just League. It's like this weird deal, but... You said if you have a book, you have a six-issue mini that you end up having Ram V. Not my favorite. A lot of people like them more. But the idea of them trying to find Wonder Woman dealing still with Zatanna upside down, that, that, that would be pretty cool. And I'd like to see that. So with that, though, this backup doesn't help the overall well, the issue at all. backup is a terrible finale, but it's a great jumping-on point for when anything else happens in the future because it is just telling you what's been going on and how Khalid feels about this and the team in general. For that, it's a great jumping-on point to whatever we deal it's with in the future finale, of JLD. Right? It's a jumping-on point finale. finale. <laughs> Because even again, it's just the beginning. This is a, a prologue instead of an epilogue. You're saying right now, though, and I, I'd agree that by the time we end up, if we do get a justly dark continuation, don't worry if you haven't read everything. Just find this backup. Yeah. Uh, they'd be great, well served if they do announce that to just put this on the site, you know, by itself oh, and say, "Hey, everybody, you know, do that and stuff like that." But by then. We'd probably get it very close to being in the app. And but again, I say the app, it's not worldwide. And I hate to sure say it because it a sucks, lot of people right? are really, yeah, it does suck. Get a VPN. That's just me, Eric. I know, I'm not saying whatever. That's not a bad idea. Get actually. a VPN and, and you can get that. it. I already, and seriously, tested it out. Luke Hollywood ended up doing it and it works. So you can get a VPN. You know, NordVPN or whatever. So, yeah, that's a little wink-wink. And if anybody's, you know, I can guide you your own way. Because I think that it's something that would help. And I think that people want to get that. I mean, obviously, they want to get the app and pay money. Why aren't they letting them pay their money? They're there <laughs> waiting with money in hand. And yet DC just keeps on twiddling their thumbs. And people, we keep saying do, 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 in do. this first section, how many times have we said, oh, my God, it's in the app. It's not in the app. It's such I'm a always great on the tool. App. Like you, a great tool, Eric. Damn what would right. you give this? Use me. Yes, I will. The thing is, I get that. We've talked all How about it. I just ended up giving a three point five out of yeah, ten. Yeah, three out of five as well. And you're just you're pretty much. This is. I, it's almost like a lame duck. I said you know, three point five, but I do want to go down to a three with yeah. you though. Yeah, you had three point five on the site. So yeah. you went down. Like again, I went up. 
on my detective. You convinced me. But this feels like a lame duck, any sort of deal. You're just waiting for it to end. I think most people are just screw this, you know, tell me. But again, it's a weird deal to say I'm waiting for it to end because then you get one issue and they die. So we'll see. Which I we'll can't see wait. what that means. I can't wait. This run is had. It's going to be huge when that, that issue comes out and see, you know, that in my mind. It's the next big thing. Yeah, I think that with an ending to get to legitimately, the next thing. I think that where people are all upset, oh my God, how can you do this? Oh, you're going to the well again, whatever. To me, that is like ringing the bell that shit is now starting and let's get ready. And, and so I'm excited about it. But with that, that's the end of the first section. Thank you for joining me, Aaron. Thank you for joining me with Thank that. Thank you for joining uh, me. Yes. And we're going to go. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Out. And we're going to go right now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. mail with Eric and you can be part of the mail by emailing us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com as we come out of a little down moment on the podcast us what? not liking the Justice League so here's a little pick me up Eric Who else in the leprechaun say yeah, yeah we yeah. haven't heard that in a while I saw the leprechaun and also we're going to start this with the mail Bob from Germany is returning I'm wondering if he's going to tell me that my German was spot on Eric uh, he says a friendly Huff enough scuffle to you, Jim. And also, hello there, Eric. That's a wink, wink. I know what he's saying. (laughs) I don't. I first have to apologize. I tried to get an English promo version of Weissenbleck Verlag. That's white metal publishing for you Yankee Doodles. Of Captain Berlin and Zombie Man. Nice. Both of those. To send to you, but I failed miserably. It turns out (laughs) they simply didn't localize them into English. (laughs) What a shame. So they didn't go... That I also want to elaborate a little on your answer to the gorilla question. Jim, while Eric handled the answer delicately, like a true gentleman, That's right. with deep thoughts and complex explanation, you decided to throw a million gems at the poor animal and declared yourself the winner. Yeah, that's because I won. That's why. A true Zap Brannigan strategy. And I probably have some short shorts like Zap as well, right? Some and pants. Yeah. I, as mentioned, really enjoy your podcast, but what would be the moment that makes you say, that's it, we can't do it anymore, the industry is done, Eric? What would be the deal? When the industry gets too good and I give it a 10 out of 10 oh, because that's my the thing. Goodness Once gracious. I hit that perfect comic, why freaking you know, go back to the dribble that we might get afterwards? Oh, I'm going out on true. a high note. But but if you went out on the high note, like you're saying like somebody like a Tom Brady should have retired last year when he won the Super Bowl? Is that what you're saying? You end up here Was where... Was he retiring? Yeah, he retired today, they say. So with all of that, though, I would end like if I die. But the idea of an industry standard deal, he does say that he thinks that if you get that canon nowadays is degenerated into a could instead of a must, almost saying like, you know, story over continuity. No, I'm telling you, if you go deal, back to the so, idea where continuity doesn't matter, people are just going to tell random stories where you have no background on like... 
why? Because yeah, it's just nothingness. Yeah, you might be done then. then too, right? You might be done. Yeah, you have to have something to base stuff on, and that might be the deal. And even when you had story of a canoe, as Ron Kern would say, that's the point of you reading still ended these up having canon, though, month but after just, month and stuff like that, because you want to continue the story that you're true. reading because you're invested in it. Now he says that's what's making it really tough for him to keep reading mainstream comics, and pushes me more toward more into a vintage niche like 2000 AD, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Judge Dredd stuff. That's a lot of stuff. Plus a lot of stuff. Or heavy metal comics, for example. Have you read any of the heavy metal comics? I yet? don't. Like, I've, I've looked at heavy metal comics. I've never collected. I just really enjoyed the movie yeah, when there, I was a Well, kid. there's a new, like, phase of them going on right now. Isn't it great so more I don't to think, start that? Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, there the was a thing where he was kind of getting into that. And I don't even know if that continued on up, whatnot. But, yeah, you have that. Kind of deal going on at one point. Yeah, dad the, really like those mags. At one point, up. you had the paybacks that Donny Cates thing continue as a heavy metal comic, the book that I really like. Says, I hope others feel bad for not writing enough emails to you uh, right now because you deserve all the attentions, Eric. Ooh, wait. That's what he says. Sliders. He says, keep it up, Excelsior, and that is Bob. The next one, Bob. Manship, Manship. Sliders. Oh my goodness, what what has he been fooled doing? Right, Manship says. Fool me once, shame on you. Shame on you, fool me twice. I can't get fooled again. I do not care what this Batman Catwoman special number one is, but I am out. Even before I saw they won at $9.99 for WTF, he says. Though this is probably the most legitimate thing he probably could have bought in his idea of specials. Eh, Specials gets him. Well, at least he gets caught with the... Dark Side special, and it's stuff from 1968. You know, he had nonsense. high hopes. Well, he did. Well, he says he he's not fooled the again. He by its cover. I don't know. You hear anything? Batman's Catwoman special. I don't even know what that is, Eric. So, oh, my goodness. It's a celebration is, of John Paul Young. Yes, it is. I was trying to pretend because we're not talking yeah. about it. Luis but is next. I looked next. at it. It didn't seem like it's adding much to the whole dynamic of the Bat-Cat title so far. No, but maybe I think it was wrong. just a Christmas story type deal. But the whole thing's a Christmas story. No, it was supposed to come out at Christmas time as well but it had to be unfortunately i had to be delayed uh and now you get you know a tribute to him uh luis is next he says hello hashtag jim eric i put your name together yeah, because you're one of the best comic book reviewing couples i know come on oh, my hello get fresh crew woo, 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 woo. question of the week the <laughs> avengers have stopped thanos and you come back five years later what are some of the things Why you're going to do first oh because you're nonsense eric but you come back five years later what do you do first well, the thing is, I'm, I'm what you'd call a simple man. Maybe even some would call, have a simple mind. So I'd probably just go back to what I'm doing right now. But in the meantime, outside of this, like, I want to know what's going on in comics because that, that's who I am. And everything that's been going on in movies, TV, I consume media. That is what makes me happy. And that's what I go back to doing instantaneously. The idea of like, oh, man, what do I got to do now? I got to put life first and do all this stuff. I got to learn the jitsu. No, going back to what I know because it's what I enjoy. But what do you think would be remaining, Eric, with half the people gone? You might have had back now, okay. it's all a deal, but they're back with the idea five years later. It's not like you're gonna just jump back to okay, we gotta get back recording bones, right? To film in the bones. Is that stuff going on? No. Like the idea that all these things would just be done, I think. You well, know, no, your I'm media about stuff. That, but whatever stuff is still going on or I mean new stuff that came out of this. Yeah, I wonder how you know, it all is semantics, I guess, because if most of the people who ended up, you know, depend on which half Ended up blinking out and all that. You might have had some big problems, Eric. We come back to comics. The only writers that didn't get snapped out were Bendis and Tom King. And that is the end. Yeah, but that's just like getting new writers at the drop of a hat there. They they don't seem to be able to do that now. 
half the population? I don't know. I'm coming back and maybe finding out if I still have somewhere to live and going and seeing if my, you know, I'd get back and I'd have to kill Tanya's new husband, stuff like Why? that, you know, because I don't think she thought I was gone. She remarried probably three days after. I'll find out the semantics of that and I might be a little pissed off, but with that, I'd probably just, that's the thing just is, I, kind I don't of care about live. any of that stuff just because my, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I've been going for a long time. The yeah, world's changed. You don't That's have crazy. an apartment. You yeah. you got to find a place. You got to maybe get a job. I, I it's well, gonna I'm be sure weird. Give me places to live like they did in the Marvel universe in the maybe. Winter Soldier. That, that seems too big a thing for that many people to to end up being able to have that. But yeah, we'd have to see. We'll have to see. I mean, I I think the heroes they get the you know the first priorities. Me and you, poor schmucks, we got shit. But uh, going on. I checked the stats. Ooh, nobody's downloading our podcast after five years, Eric. Oh, my goodness gracious. Though my card probably would have bounced by then, too, right? We yeah. wouldn't even have it. No, so. it's gone. Yeah, that's the whole deal. I'd probably just kind of try to see just see what's going on and see what I have to do to fight my way back to the top. Kill that new husband. Right? right? Yeah. Kind of, you know, see if my family has moved on from me and really go at it. I, I come, no, I'd come back like Jason Todd. I'd come back pissed. And just angry. That's all I would do. Did you It'd come back already? Yeah. And well, that's it. Um, that's you didn't realize there was a step. You just didn't realize, Eric. I've come back, but that is that. But that is the end thank of you, that first male section. Thank you, Louise. Thank you, Manship, and thank you, Bob from Germany. Should we call him Germany Bob or Bob from Germany? What, what okay, like? Bob. Okay. Yeah, I like Bob from Germany. I like that. But thank you all, and we're going to go off now to get a two-part spooky section. Of the podcast. You can tell when he talks that he's uneducated. Dresses up like a goonie, his look is outdated. Won't wear glasses out even though we can't see. He's a vain SOB, but he's America's sweetheart to me. If he comes to your house, you go broke trying to feed him. Buys toys on eBay, even though we don't need him. Never eats just one burger, always gets two or three. They call him a fat ass, he's America's sweetheart to me. And he might be six five, but he's got nothing else. Oh, and he'll never commit. That's why he never does shit. The dialogue by himself. He talks horror movies, he'll line up a sing. When he sings karaoke, he calls it a gig. On Evi Lies, voted a fat man's goatee. His friends all left them, he's America's sweetheart to me. Mm-hmm. 
yes, Eric, that is you in a nutshell. Thank you, Eric. I, I, I thought we were going to be doing some books about monsters, we but it turns out are. We the just turned the else. monster as you, Eric. But there we are. There's a little bit of a background, almost like the end of that JLD. It just gets everybody up to speed with Eric Shea here with some scary books. That are, you know, some of the things that we really did like, uh, you know, coming into the year 2022, Eric. Some people even wanted to put those in their books of the year for 2021. But it was ridiculous. But we are excited for these two. Uh, And the first one, we'll just get it right into it. DC versus Vampires, number four, Eric. It's written by Matthew Rosenberg with a story by James Tynan, art by Otto Schmidt and Tom Napolitano and me and you talked a little bit before this. I thought this was a down issue. You said the same as well. Not a bad issue. No. But I just think it kind of ends up where you're ramping up, 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 and then this one kind of takes a little bit of a, you know, even keel kind of going with the idea of trying to set up some other things. The concept of everything, whenever this happens, I get pissed off and it always bothers me. Like we had in the previous issue with Black Canary and Robin confronting each other. It's just a fight to find out like, hey, what are you doing? I'm trying to get your blood to do this. When Green Arrow shows up to the Batcave to freaking you know, take out Batman because who else is going to be a goddamn vampire? And, you know, Oliver's eyes and Batman, he lives in a cave. I don't really live here, but... The fighting between Batman and Green Arrow, and then towards the end when the entire Justice League show up and it's going to be a fight between the Justice League, I'm like, you guys are friends. And if you're not just like, you know, work friends, you've known each other for a long time. This word, like, you know, use your words a little bit. Stop using your fist because it's, it's getting outrageous. That's a hot take, Eric. It's not a hot I take. I just want to tell you, hot take it was. <laughs> Let's see if it was, Eric. It was a hot take. I agree, though. And with that, it plays off almost like that sitcom type of situation where they both think each are vampires. Yeah. They're doing their thing. And like, you're not a vampire. You're not a vampire. There is that weird deal where you get some of the little hints and stuff where Batman, he is looking into it more and more. He has some samples. He's gathering some things, which was what Ollie was doing. As well, but collect really, as many blood samples as possible from hospitals, blood banks, donor drives. He need, Batman needs as much as he can. The idea, though, when you have a Batman, like, let's just say that like, I can put my problems with this issue aside. Let's say it's like Oliver Queen. The reason he is not using his words because he suspects his friend Bruce Wayne, the Batman of the night, might be a vampire. But he's got to figure out if he shows up into the Batcave in the dark and all he hears, I need as much blood as I can. Alfred, like, <laughs> well, shit. Funny. Yeah, that is funny. But even so, you almost get back to the deal where Ollie does say the evidence kind of is pointing towards you. It does go towards Gotham. Gotham, It seems like he also has something because it does come down to the pretty cliche. Well, you are kind of the Batman and the night and stuff. But that is it it kind of feels a little goofy, especially in where we're progressing. But. Just that idea of everything leads to Gotham. You get a thing where it's kind of like, oh, is it the Joker at this one point and things like that? Um, you still end up wondering, okay, who could be that King Vampire? That is the big thing. Who's the head vampire? Who is the one who's doing this? And that's, you know, that's the mystery while you end up trying to avoid Hal Jordan, Diana, also wondering who else's turn and things like that. It starts off, and I do like the stuff with Constantine. I do like seeing Constantine. That's my favorite part of this, where Constantine is confronted by Zatanna and stuff like that. Zatanna, like we saw in the last issue, is already a vampire, but John being the best he is at what he does, and what he does isn't pretty, besides for not being Wolverine, but the idea, you have piece of shit John Constantine, who is the voice of reason to a degree, the man who is just 
using his his voice and not his fist, Jim. Like he's allowing, like, like you know, the magic magic that he has to just allow them to sit there and talk and protect himself and just discuss because he cares for the Satana. When Doctor Fate shows up and just murders Satana, <laughs> like we have a vampire, murder, like, I figure in my mind at this point for the connection that John Satana should have. Even though she is a vampire, and obviously he's going to screw over anybody he can, doesn't really care all that much about people. But I feel like this would almost put John against the entire crew that's trying to take out the vampires because you just killed Zatanna. The weird thing about it is the idea that John, it's like this is a wow moment for anybody. Oh, my God. You know, how Jordan, he's a vampire. I can't believe it. Oh, my God. To John, this is Tuesday, right? Yeah. The idea that Zatanna is a vampire, and he doesn't, and I like that they play out. Not playing the idea of, well, I have my magic stuff and I can turn you back, but he's friends with a lot of wacky people. He just has to make <laughs> sure she doesn't bite him. Yeah. I mean, that's, and so he does end up having wards. He does end up having spells to do this, but I love that idea that this isn't exactly like the worst thing that John has ever seen. So he still likes to talk to Zatanna. He still cares for her. It sucks. She's a vampire. But he might be able to work with this. He might be able to do something, you know, along the lines of not having to kill her. And she even says, oh, my God. And he's like, how is it? How's being dead? You know, and she's like, it's pretty cool. Pretty good. And even the idea that he's been dead a bunch of times. And again, this is magic stuff. They're vampires, vampires. But he's seen so many things that I love that play. I love that play, though, that he doesn't sit there and go, oh, my God. And you play with that. Matthew Rosenberg here is playing with that idea that we know that Zatanna is a vampire and we think that john's gonna be fooled and you're thinking to yourself he can't be fooled by this right and he is right and it really worked and that's why we all love john constantine even though he's a piece of crap that is a cool play the idea of and and again the piece of crap bit of him ends up helping out while the piece of crap is able to accept anybody even a vampire zatanna oh, look at the legs on that vampire yeah really i mean seriously Dr. Fate comes in and just ba-boom, and almost like he's like, hey, I wanted to help you out here. He's like, what are you doing? I mean, seriously. Just the idea of it's so funny, too, because John knows that Fate is coming, and like you know, he can feel the magic stirring around. When Fate shows up, John, Constantine, you're needed. And I don't know, <laughs> on guard, she's one of them, and just kills her right up. I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. If John takes it way better in my mind than he should, but he again, does. it's just easy going, John Constantine, I guess. Like, I've been there, done that. Let's move on and do your goddamn Kate bullshit. Yeah, and and again, I love it where you end up, he goes, you know, bloody hell, that wasn't bloody necessary. And Dr. Fate said she was a vampire, John. He goes, you think I was sick? I, she's my friend, you pompous ass. Like, I knew this. And I was just, you know, kind of talking to her and whatnot. But he ends up with my mind like, okay, let's go. He protects Dr. Fate from Zatanna lunging at him. And Dr. Fate just uses the opportunity to destroy it right there. I'm like, dick move. Who's the bigger dick here, Fate or freaking John? It is funny, the idea where he's like, I had it all taken care of. But with that, if we go forward going on with this, and, and Constantine doesn't just say, yeah, I hate all you guys, I'll go. I don't know that I don't like these two as being like a buddy cop thing anyway. Know, because, it might be fun, you know, especially fun. when you have Dr. Fate say the very fate of the world is at stake. Yeah, stake. He said <laughs> he did Who ordered the stake? <laughs> and then John says, when is it? It isn't. But it is funny. But yeah, like you said, the big part of this issue is the Oliver Batman. And the thing with that, we pretty much know that neither of them are vampires. Yeah. So that play out doesn't go as well as like we had with the Zatanna where you're playing the idea that we know that she is so we're worried about John this is you're just sitting there like come on guys stop 
And then, but why'd you hit me with that water? Oh, I thought you were a vampire. Why are you trying to get me with a steak? Oh my God, you got your peanut butter in my chocolate. I, I guess I'm like, just Come the on. idea of them coming to terms with the idea that, that neither of them are vampires and what they like, you know, exchanging information on what they know will get us to that. You know, I think it was the first issue cover where you have Batman and Green Arrow back to back taking on vampires, where these are the two saviors of mankind. And you at this see point. the idea that the play is that the Justice League is on their way because Hal and Diana ended up lying about. Bruce being the one who killed Barry. So you have that play here where but you didn't even necessarily get, say that he was a vampire. No, they didn't. So we'll have to see what's going on because at this moment when they do show up and at the end, I'll just go, you know, we'll get back to some other things. But all Bruce has to do is say, let's turn on the infrared lights and see who's who. And then, yeah, the play could be. We didn't say he was a vampire. We said this. But I think that Bruce would be able to prove some weird stuff. But with that, you do have a couple things being mentioned. The idea of Bruce Wayne saying specifically, are you going to be prepared? How is a vampire? He's the one because you guys are hard traveling heroes. Come on. Ali ends up saying, I heard that a hero was switched. Everything led to Gotham. So I figured it was you, the biggest one. So what's going on? He says, Hal's been turned. He's a vampire. Are you going to be able to, you know, kill somebody who, you know, you love? Are you going to be able to do that? This is what we're going against. And I think that might be a play out. In the reverse deal, that it might be somebody that Bruce actually loves, who's the head vampire. Well, you say shit like that because we've had this weird thing going on with Batgirl and Nightwing since I think the I don't last trust issue. Nightwing one bit. I don't I trust don't. Nightwing at all because we have Batwoman, I'm Batwoman, Batgirl in old Gotham looking at a hotel room where it seems like Mary Queen of Blood was staying, that she was actually in Gotham when all this went down. And there's ancestral dirt, you know, old vampire lore where you need to be like, you know, sweeping underneath your ancestral dirt and stuff like that. So we have this idea, but for how flirty and how much Nightwing just seems to be following Batgirl around, I don't know how, if he passed the test and then later got turned, but the way he is acting is just, it's just a little too spooky and it scary is. for it's me. It is, it's spooky, and maybe that's the swear, but he's not acting... Like, he's acting sus. Well, the thing is, he's acting sus when he's just acting too flirty, I that's guess. That's what I'm saying, and that's when we go with that sexual... Gonna get that vampire mesmer. He's actually playing off a lot like Hal was to Diana when Agreed. he ended up, you know, going to see her. And I think that the play here is that Barbara doesn't recognize it because she does love Dick. I don't want to say it like that, <laughs> but she again, does. Please. I don't want to say that again. Uh, but she does end up. I'm going to grab that as a deal. Where's <laughs> that, 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 that out, girl? Uh, but I think that she's not seeing it. And I do, though, I, when I'm reading this, a lot of times, and this is where I get that joy of reading something that I know is more of your thing. This is kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say it's straight up horror, but the vampire stuff that it's you ridiculous. like. And the idea of the ancestral dirt. And I'm like, well, Eric's going to love that part because it is cool. It <laughs> yeah, is a little deal. Lore. And I think that what you get also is a little tell later. And I said to you that Batman ends up talking with Ollie and Ollie's like, well, I kind of thought, you know, you live in this cave and whatever. And Bruce does say, I don't live here, as <laughs> he if he as has well, to honestly. spell it out, though, of this isn't my home. So later when the vampires show up, they can show up without being invited so people don't call me out at a convention. I thought that was the play. And well, I thought so that was kind of too, funny. All the different stuff that we have going on here, like the, the, the rules of like the ancestral dirt and stuff like that. For the most part, it's fun little calls like that. And it has been throughout DC lore with any of the like the Andrew Bennett eye vampire stuff or whatever you have vampires show up. And I like that stuff. But when you go back and you actually use the lore that you've used previously, when you have a vampire gorilla gride fighting Cassandra Kane and Red Hood, and then he turned a gorilla vampire turns into a bat. I'm like, that baddie, might have been, jump- been the jump of the shark moment for me. And it's not the fault really? because this is the lore that's been established in, as vampires in DC Comics. 
I just laugh. It's just, I'm, I mean, like, it's Gorgrod <laughs> as a vampire who turned into a bat and flew away. Yeah, and when he's fighting Cassandra Why and Jason Why not, but it Todd, bothers me. I didn't mind the, the fight, though, and the idea that Cassandra, Jason Todd, I love that team up, and oh, they're yeah, going cool. and taking it to the streets here. But yeah, you end up with, the only thing that I think this is good for is the show Gorilla Grodd turning into a bat. You don't really do much. Besides that, except you show them fighting. Well, you had that big thing at the end where Cassandra Kane does have that Joker's card with, like, you know, drawn on blood on it. So it's the idea we know that somebody has killed, you know, Mary Queen of Blood, has started a vampire war, is turning all this stuff. It started in Gotham. These are all these things. Is it crazy enough that the Joker is the fucking head vampire? I think that that's just the, you know, it should a be a swerve. swerve. I, yeah, I think it would be. And if it, say it is what we think it might be, Dick Grace and. Uh, if that is the case, that does explain why most of the vampires were told to leave off the people in Gotham. That's also why at one point when you have a vampire attack, Barbara, he ends up being there to stop it. But with that, I think he'd be smart enough to try to lay some clues out that it would be, hey, the Joker, because that would be somebody that you would think, OK, that makes sense. He's no, bad, it's somebody whatever. You think too. It's not even that it makes sense. Like, I really don't want it to be the Joker because this no. vampire is going to be, you know, a vampire who wants to destroy the entire world. Yeah, because... I, I just I, I don't want it to always no, be I agree. the Joker as the deal. But if you were there and you were if trying to get people out. Vampire, it's a basic bitch explanation. That's right exactly. Now. The mystery is like, oh, this is not as fun anymore. Because it's always the Joker. I think a Bat family, if one of them was the Bat, they might pull that to just, that would be the swear of, oh my God, well, he's the Bat. right the baddest. now, because we don't know anything about Cassandra Kane because, you know, obviously, apparently Batman didn't make her do the test with everybody else, but made Nightwing, but... Out of everybody we've seen so far, as so far, Nightwing is the most sus. He's of them the one, all. and and the weird I'm thing is, at you. yeah. As I'm writing my review and reading this, I'm sitting there and like, we're not really, we're always seeing Nightwing show up with Bar- hey, yeah. Barbara. Hey, Barbara, Barbara. It's like every issue. I want it to become so. a weird kind of like you know old style comic where the the female like protagonist like Batgirl will pull out like a compact mirror to go check her makeup yeah. and then in the background there's no Dick Grayson. Actually what I want to see and that would be part see that, of but it. This is like a That'd part of funny. how I imagine like an old style comic would do it. But what I'd like to see and even if you did that I, I wouldn't mind that. But Barbara Gordon's not need to check her makeup while I she's wa- being Batgirl. I want to see though that just like Constantine, that she has been knowing this and she's been trying oh, to get be into cool. a position she's, she's where smarter than a, uh, Dick gets her credit for. It. Yeah, yeah, too, I yeah. think that that will be maybe the play that would be pretty cool. But back to you know the main deal of Ollie and Bruce, they're just trying to kind of come to grips. Hey, we got to get this done. Hal's change. We got to see. And Wonder Woman just shows up, and they end up where oh my god, the alarms went off. And I even like that whole idea of man, the alarms went off. That must mean that somebody's not as good as me, right? Because Ollie got in without that happening. It's like, no, no, they just want to be seen. But before that, you get Diana there. And again, you're playing with the idea of what they know, don't know, and whatnot. But they end up figuring out that it is. I like where Ollie's just, he's loose lips. Hey, what the hell? Shut up, Batman. Because he's still, he doesn't trust anybody. He says that. He says, I don't trust anybody, which that makes sense, Ollie. I'm kind of offended. You're like, stop it, goofy Ollie. Let's get going. But yeah, they figure out that Wonder Woman has been turned as She's well. one of them. And the idea when you have everybody coming in, including the well, Justice so League. Which- because you have an alarm that goes off and like they want to be known kind of thing. And as they're fighting Hal Jordan and Diana vampire versions of them, a bigger alarm goes off like, what's that alarm? Bad things. How bad? And the j- entire Justice League. It almost feels like that. That old Silver Age comic where Superman busts down the cave wall and then invites all the all the freaking reporters in there and stuff like that. 
When you have Superman bust through the wall again, but now he has Martian Manhunter, Cyborg, and Hawkgirl, obviously, this is probably going to be worse. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, I was taking a drink. The thing about that is, is you're left to believe at this point, okay, who is turned, who isn't, because it's weird. Superman busting in like this is a little above the idea of just being Diana and Hal saying, I think Batman did it. We know Batman did it. I don't think that Superman would quite trust. But again, we are playing like again with the Constantine. Are we seeing that people are smart or whatever and trying to dupe people out or whatnot? Or are they turned? Are they not? Whatever. I think the Justice League is still fine. But the idea that like the like the way Superman goes about it, like he doesn't like go to fisticuffs right away, which is great because I hate that. But when he goes, to the other, we're going to get you the help, both of you. And like and then it leads back to fighting and stuff like that because Batman's not going to be taken. But because Superman and the rest of the Justice League who are here come bulldozing their ass through, you have already started at a bad place. You know, like this is uh, aggressive. It is. And what I thought You're probably was, vampires. What I what I thought was the weird play too is you kind of want to get maybe Ollie. Ollie's a little naive, not like a Batman. When you come in and they go, Hey Bruce, we need to get you some help. I think that would have been the better play to just center on Bruce because you would think then Ollie would join in with you and do some things. But then he says, we're going to get both of you help, which then shows Ollie, okay, Batman, they're, they're, they're not on the up and up. They're accusing both me and Batman of being vampires. I've already solved that he wasn't there throwing me in and let's go. So I, I would have been like, watch it, Ollie. He's a vampire. And what? No, no, I did the test and he must have known how to, because you would think the idea that Batman would be able to get above it, right? Well, even the idea of the armory that we saw previously when the Bat family came down, where fucking, you know, Batman is decked out to the nines to fight vampires right now. I think that he would have a backup plan where he could say, you know, project whatever, just lights on, and well, it's even a had that earlier. coming down. Yeah, you even had that earlier with Alfred when he thought oh, something code was words, going yeah. on. Yeah, That was a cool, so, but I mean, like, just turn on the freaking like UV lights right now and fry who's ever a vampire if you can. Now, I'm thinking he's going Nickelodeon slime their asses with holy water. It just comes flying out of the, the deal, and they're all Who's soaked. Who's going to say, I go. don't know first? Because I think, yeah, really, that's what you need. Uh, with that, I think that you're going to have another little jokey, jokey deal where maybe, you know, Superman does get hit with a stake, and it doesn't do it. He's like, really? You thought I was a vampire as well? But I don't think that at this point you'll have Hal and Diana actually get killed, so I think that they'll be able to escape. Uh, because I think it's a little too soon for that deal, but we don't know who else's turn. Like you said, they're coming in very, very aggressive at this point. But if you all are vampires here, just say they're all turned, right? right? And that they bit Cyborg, but not on his metal part of it. Hopefully. But if they're all turned, I don't no, think the there's... the robot part's about vampire. I don't think at this point there's any reason for a ruse. You just come in and start biting. I mean, if you all are vampires, I think that the idea of at least Superman. Well, that's the thing is, I don't even think that, like, they think that he's a vampire. I think they just think that he killed Barry But even what I'm saying, if they turned all these vampires, then they don't really care. And Hal probably would have told them, you know, the whole idea with it. So I think that at least Superman is kind of caught, but we'll see the others and see what's going on with them. Hopefully none of the others are turned, but we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it goes. But they are very aggressive, and the fight is on. Also, I did look because I wanted to make sure, like, when you go, you do see in that last panel, I mean, like, Hawkgirl almost has fangs. It looks like fangs a little even more than, say, a Wonder Woman as they're going. You can't really see any of the other mouths, but that kind of seemed like maybe it's a tell. But we'll have to see. I like this issue. I just think that it's a little bit of a... 
a down from what we had no, in the first three. But it's I'm still, still looking issue, forward to it, But right? it's probably the worst of what we've had so far with just the way, like, we the, the amount of time that we spent with Ali and Batman pretty much recapping what we know already to, to a lot of degrees, but also the interaction between them fell off, even leading to the Justice League interaction, which just fell off. And I'm like, you're Batman. I know you don't normally deal with vampires, but you've had enough time now in my mind to prepare for vampires. Well, I would and hope I'm looking that they at you, Dick Grayson. Here. Yeah, really. Yeah, stick? we're going to have to see. And I'm telling you, I was already thinking last issue that Dick Grayson was acting a little crazy. When Batman said to Ollie, you better be prepared to kill somebody that you love, somebody you don't expect. I'm like, ooh, you better look in the mirror. And when you look in the mirror, I hope there's a reflection. Eric, oh my God. What would you give this? Seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm going actually 7.5 out of 10. Again, still one of my favorite things that comes out, and I'm oh, still it's a looking good series. forward. And I think that next issue, you know, besides... Well, shit's going to get real, Jim. I don't want to have a full out, you know, full issue of fighting, but I hope something uh, even more exciting comes. And we're looking for some more stuff that's like that idea of, oh my God, there's an alert, there. The idea it of it being... You know, just the, okay, who's a vampire? Then we move to the next one. Who's a vampire? I want to see more of this story develop, get some sides going and things like that. But we'll move on to the next spooky book. What is that, Eric? Task Force Z, number four, written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Eddie Barrows, Kieran McCowan. Yeah, I think that's how you said McCowan. <laughs> Eber Ferreira, Dexter Vines, Adriana Lucas, and Rob Lee. And we're continuing on with our zombie t- suicide squad. In the previous issue, we discovered that the man behind... What is going on here in the chop shop is none other than Harvey Dent Two-Face, but is he up to any good? We're going to have to find out. Yeah, we're going to have to find out. And and the thing is, when I read this issue, I had seen your review, and I was really, really enjoying it. I was really enjoying the interaction between Two-Face and Jason Todd. I thought it's really yeah, good. Yeah, because it's really fun because, you know, Harvey seems like... He's like, you know, being like honest with what he wants to do here. And Jason Todd is just being Jason Todd. And even the idea of like, you know, that like you are the best person for the idea of the second chance. Like, I understand a second chance. You should understand a second chance. And that's what we're trying to do here. But, you know, with zombies. Yeah. And even with that, you know, he says at a point, we don't really need you, but your name was on the list. Yeah. You might not have been not the, on the best. Top. But, <laughs> but I thought, and I thought maybe it's that idea that maybe he has more familiarity with him and stuff like that. Maybe even want to poke Batman a little with this if it gets out. But he does seem on the up and up. And I like that play continuing from the Tomasi stuff and the idea of the bullet and the brain yeah. thing being going where he is. Like Two-Face is gone now. It's more Harvey Denton trying to make up for what he's done that entire time. You know, I like this. We've never had this full out spelled out. And I thought that it was so well done. The idea... Look at me, asshole. I can't go out and get a job anywhere. I'm two-faced. I mean, nobody trusts me. Even the idea of saying, look at my look. I cannot go and just get a regular job. I have to do shady things. But if I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it as somebody to do some good here. Yeah, it this just, all looks crazy. It and just everything's seems, going though, on. I liked it, though. That, like the Arkham Tower right now, this seems to be in its probationary period of being a task force by the government. Because like t- like the, the Arkham Tower, we can't screw up because we're going to be shut down. But in this issue, you find out it doesn't really matter because whether they screw up enough, Amanda Waller – which still bothers me because she it should be on the weird. run from the government. No. It's like what we saw in Suicide Squad. She is shutting Two-Face down because they're not doing enough or she wants to take their stuff and or do she it herself. she wants to take them. And yeah. it almost feels like the idea. And I love the thing where, you know, Jason Todd's talking. He's like, I don't, I don't trust you. I don't think that this is the deal. Now, 
The idea of the difference Here's between a letter. I mean, to, <laughs> the difference between an Arkham Tower and this, at least this is covert military government yeah. things that's on the not on the books and you know down low. So I can go with the idea of okay, we're trying to get this and get funding, whatever. The Arkham Tower is a public deal, which gets me. But I love the idea. I don't trust you. I swear to God, this is dear anybody's parents. I think this is a great thing. Love Amanda Waller. I don't even know what this yeah, letter again, looks for like. For some it's reason, sad. I think this is supposed to be a letter from the president making this legit because even when you know Jason Todd steals it after this meeting and shows Batman, who we find out sent Jason Todd to do this all along, which I, which I don't like. But the thing is, I the the best part about that aspect, even though I don't like Batman being involved in this situation, is that he says. The signature looks legit, and the idea that Jason's like, uh, I'm kind of shocked that you, I'm not, why should why am I not shocked that you That's know this? That's weird, though. The idea, like, that would be something, just the president's signature or something. I don't know. It seemed a weird play anyway. But yeah, Batman coming in seemed odd, but it's there so that Batman can say, You're done. We're, we're pulling out. We Which don't want this. It's weird, and- though, for the whole buildup that we had in Detective Comics to lead to this, where it's like, I'm going to work with uh, me being Red Hood. I'm going to work with Deb Donovan to get to the bottom of all these morgues, but like, you know, uh, cadavers going missing and stuff like that and then him getting arrested and then joining this whole thing for it to all be a batman ploy to get him in there almost like you know anything even anything we're doing in arkham tower right now with people going in and trying to get inside information or even with black canary and the trust right now with oracle just go inside there and be a plan this is all we're doing anymore it seems like but it just seems weird to get Ted Donovan involved in this situation for that to be the case. Well, what I would say, you, you, there's Jason Todd. It's like, okay, I did this. We wanted to get in. Deb Donovan's kind of pushed aside in this. And Batman says, it's over. We're pulling this out. Well, you didn't even have Two-Face say, you can't go anywhere. They all, the government thinks you're a murderer. You're on the run. I'm like, why didn't Batman try to change that bit because of that whole deal? But that's the way that they're going to keep yeah. him in. But Jason Todd, even without that, says, no, no, no. I kind of trust Harvey with this, but I want to see how this plays out. I want to see what's going on and try to, you know, fix things if it's, it's one not. Of those but things, it's, but he's so he's still so angry at Batman, and it really kills me. That there's still no progression because I thought we might have been getting towards that when he stopped using guns again at the end of his Batman Urban Legends arc that we had before. Going into this, I was hoping that he could still remain closest, but him. Him being told he has to be pulled out of this operation because it's over. We know Two Face is behind this. We're doing this, this, and the other thing. I, it just seems like like you can go and punch bad guys in an alleyway. I'm going to make a real difference, and you don't know how this is and stuff like that. I'm like, why do we always have to end on bad and terms? They and they even end up with leaving. a fight, right? And yeah. and seriously, how many gang members? It's like how many gang members does it take to screw in a light bulb? There's like 50 guys trying to steal this old lady's bag. I think Batman set it up, but it's weird. And they end up fighting. But with that, I do even like, and this is something that we talked before about and even argued some things about where – what are the heroes going to do? Hey, I'm going to make you do something. Oh, you don't kill when Two-Face actually says it and Jason electrifies his ass and ends up like, that's what you get, buddy. But Don't shock me again. I really like that. But that part with, with Two-Face and, and Jason, I really, really liked. And oh, no, that's really the good. idea where Batman comes in and says, you know, it's over. I wish that the tie-in was Batman knew a little more, knew that maybe Amanda Waller was going to come in and stop this, or maybe he's involved with it. I don't know, because Amanda Waller throws it off a bit, like you said, because she should be on the run. Yeah. Her coming in and basically saying, hey, I kind of agreed for you to do this, but it was more of a minor leagues. I'm now swiping all your players, and you ain't got shit. It just didn't feel right, and that's the part where it almost felt the issue took like this weird deal where it was a tacked-on bit, 
And it didn't really feel right to me where I was really enjoying it up to that point. Even the things where they go and, you know, Mr. Bloom, he's not on the up and up. He's doing Which some I've seen weird him in the things. background this entire time where he's doing different things. But even the, I do like the idea that he is trying to get a plant inside to a degree where he goes to a sleeping zombie man bat, turns it back into Kirk Langstrom so he can have this whole idea like, look. I'm going to assume that you and I have a deal because when shit goes sour, I'm going to need your help for what we're doing right now and then turn him back into man back. I love when he's saying this and he doesn't have enough time as he's like, listen, we have a deal, right? Right? And Manbat never answers, and he has to turn him back. Not only does he have enough time to explain what's going on, like, I think his name's Carl. It's Kirk. Shut up, Carl. Yeah, and he keeps saying, shut up, Kirk. It's okay. But you end up where Manbat then is used as, like, this radar deal for the Lazarus resin. He's circling town. And he ends up finding this other place where it's we just find weird out. Because at this point in time, we're already off the books. Like, you know, we've already been shut down as an organization by Amanda Waller. And now we're still going off using Manbat as a, you know, a sniffing dog to find more Lazarus yeah, resin on the Yeah, and the weird the thing about it is, is this was this already taking place or is this like a uh, Jerry Maguire type thing where you end up firing a guy, but you let him sit there for an hour and a half pleading with people to well, come it's an odd deal when we have the situation because we've seen drugs being picked off off the cobra cold off of mr freeze all these different things and when we go to this facility where it looks like a place very similar to the chop shop where we have we have scientists we have zombies we have lazarus resin going on and even the idea oh my god you found mr bloom thanks for bringing him back and then mr bloom knocking the scientists out before you can find out anything that's going I on here might kill him. to the point where yeah maybe he's dead but to the like point where dead. you have another task force z show up this feels like in my mind when you have this conclusion this reveal at the end it feels almost like while harvey wants to do good and have a second chance two-face is still there and the thing is they're he's in charge of both of them this is another organization run by crispin slash two-face and they're doing the same thing yeah i i just got the idea that this just because even the idea of oh man this is the better looking facility and we got things going on i just i don't know uh you know what's going by on the end, your task force z looks like is led by kg beast that has solomon grundy zaz copperhead and madam crow who was part of that victim syndicate yep so you have them sitting there all right let's see what's happening but it felt like a weird deal, like you're swerving this in an area that you didn't need to, and it got a little convoluted well, the thing by is, the end. All the little, like the idea of the, the twos we were using, like with uh, Delia and Melia and stuff like that, the the clones and stuff, where you have a, the other version of her who seems to be the original, and these were actually his sisters or whatever like that. It does feel to me like it might be a swerve in my mind where it is the two idea where we've been talking about all these things throughout the like you know to point you through two-face nonchalantly but when you have an almost identical situation going on a team and lab rats doing all these different things i'm like Yep, it's more Two Face bullshit, and this is probably why they're going to get shut down because he's fucking around doing Two Face shit. I know that the deal is, you know, you want to have Two Face eventually go back to being Two Face, things like that. But I actually like that play with him being healed oh, like and even giving people and and him go, uh, you know. And it's true. I love the the interaction where Jason's like, "Well, you're Two Face." He's like, "I was a DA." I mean, everybody forgets that I was a good guy. I was the DA of Gotham while you were stealing hubcaps, you little yeah, asshole. Yeah, it was awesome. And I'm like, yeah, and it continues that side deal where he has been progressively got better he ended up giving free legal advice to people in jail and things like that and was turning a new leaf but i like that where you would think where he says where am i going to get a job elsewhere you know that eventually he'll get back to regular two-face and the way he'll do it and explain it is 
nobody gave me a chance. So I why like not just be what be you going expect? There, I, I swear in my mind, this other thing that's going on here, like I, the only person I think who knows what's going on is Mr. Bloom. And what we have going on here is that I don't think that one hand knows what the other one's doing with Maybe, these organizations. But we, I mean, we played it out so much that there wasn't a two-faced persona anymore. And even continuing at that here. Is there, and he doesn't know about it, because even the idea of this Lazarus resin, all this other stuff going on in the streets and stuff like that, we have to like, somebody's been stealing this other group's stuff. He's putting a mission together to go against his own stuff. Yeah, but again, like I said, we we kind of we kind of went past that. And now, if you go back, then it just gets back to there was no square Jim. one, and there you go. I mean, that kind of in my mind, it, it would suck. I'd rather have a better explanation of it. Or he wanted the resin because he needs to use it to get his face looking the pretties. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what's I don't going think on. The way it works. I think it does to me. But yeah, or it's the subconscious two-faced persona who thinks that he can get the resin and then end up getting him back. But we'll see. We'll see what it is. But it, it's cool to see that team. But it's almost like you see KGB, Solomon Grundy, you know, Madam Crow, all them says Copperhead, Jim. Don't forget Copperhead. It felt like the idea of like, okay, I don't know that we needed that yet. I don't think we needed that at all. But like, I was still kind of enjoying the team and seeing what they're all about with the dead shot there with them and stuff like that and now we're just doing this and yeah I'm done. Maybe. that's the thing is even the breakdown where jason kind of lo- like he's the team leader but he's losing control and is talking to the you know the lead scientist of this other organization going on here where she's just like saying what the hell are you doing we're a legally funded you know like uh organization like no you're like we have been doing all this work what are you doing and even like you know zombie dead shots like i don't think you're winning this one red hood <laughs> i think you're losing this and what he, actually, what he says is like, dude, you're not doing great here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because basically what he ends up doing, it is funny. It's like, hey, we're no, no you're not. Hey, we're the, we are too. <laughs> wait, like, you're the free, really wait, you're the freaks who have been stealing our shipments. All of a sudden, no, no. stealing <laughs> ours. And that's what it's like, dude, you're not doing great here. It's like, I know. I, I heard as soon as it I said really, it. It really is the I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> and, and that's all it is. It's peewee. And it made me laugh. It, it did make me laugh. But again, I like this issue. I just thought by the end, it got really convoluted in a way that no, I great. didn't think that we needed it to be at this point. But we'll see. We'll see the play of this and see what comes out. We still about. got a lot of story to tell in this I mean, whole yeah. thing. And, and so by the end, I thought, okay, I like the idea of this other team, and it's cool. And to think of, like, what does a Solomon Grundy do with the Lazarus where he has it coming out of his pockets Actually, and stuff Actually, I, I don't even think he's doing anything with it. He's already That's a zombie That's what I'm wondering. It. I'm wondering, though, what happens if he does is, take Lazarus Resin, is what I'm asking. You know, that deal. Cyrus Gold comes back. I think this is just straight up, you know, Solomon Grundy because of what he is. But yeah, Cyrus comes back and he goes, who put me in that swamp? Holy moly. And actually, if Cyrus Gold comes back with the mind of Cyrus Gold and the body of Solomon Grundy, that might not be a bad thing. That kind of interesting Maybe thing to that handle. does something like almost like what they did with Two-Face kind of trying to advance the character in a little before this story, so that would be pretty cool. But again, cool. I say that, but he's a different kind of zombie. He's not like a real zombie of Cyrus Gold because he has a, like, a plant elemental to a degree. He doesn't have like flesh and blood and stuff like that. But what the hell does this Lazarus resin do? We have no idea. So with that, we'll see how this plays out. I would hope you know, that Madame Crow would end up saying, yeah, I, I gotta accessorize a little better. Uh, this Crow deal is nonsense going, but I think Madame Crow is kind of cool, but the thing is, she just looks like a Scarecrow knockoff, but it's a, it's a cool character that you can use here because nobody cares about Madame Crow. She has the uh, Lazarus resin vials around her one arm as There's if it looks, like she, it looks like she's actually like a Black Widow. I don't know anymore. Maybe it I don't is. Know. I don't know because she I just does know have the fear toxin hands, but maybe she has those there. 
for you know in case she needs well, obviously I she's know. a zombie madam crow this is giving herself injections when yeah, she needs look it at her. <laughs> going there i think it's like a, it's a weird combination because of the the look of that i could just say whatever but yeah we'll see how this plays out but what'd you give it well that's the thing is i really like the inclusion the idea of like the thoughts spinning in my head with the idea that two faces are revealed at the end of last issues hearing what he has to say i like but by the end seeing the exact kind of same organization going on over here and knowing how two face and then playing with twos this entire time i like all that stuff but when you bring amanda waller into the thing when you bring batman into the thing it feels like it makes this whole thing less and out of continuity with what we're currently dealing with yeah they'll tell you well this takes place before batman leaves gotham I'm like that's not my problem Batman being involved and Jason and him having this relationship and not just being a Jason thing is what takes it down in my mind. And the Amanda Waller stuff just doesn't make sense. But I look forward to this going forward. It's just I was just a little let down. So even with the idea where I'm like, this is a cool other team. But like you said, do we need this right now? We haven't even sorted out our own shit at the regular chop shop. We're introducing all this other stuff. So I give it a 6.9 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm a 7. But I, I wonder if the play is, oh, he's doing this both. Like, why wouldn't Amanda Waller know? If you're going to throw Amanda Waller in here and she comes. It is funny because she's like, hey, Harvey. Does she just think she's dealing with the Harvey deal? And what's the other one going on or whatnot? We'll have to see. But it is weird because she should be on the run, especially when you're doing a Task Force Z book. But yet the big thing is happening in the Suicide Squad with her. But also with Lazarus Resin there. Right. You should jive a little more than that. So maybe we'll see. Maybe she's kind of playing it up that Harvey doesn't realize. Maybe she has this organization that isn't as crazy as it is. And maybe the signature is Amanda Waller's, you know. That Batman ends up saying, I Maybe. don't know. I don't I know. I think he said but it's, uh, it looks like his, though. Yeah, it is weird, right? So, yeah, with that, uh, I, I'll give it a seven. I, I like it, but I just want to see this kind of make more sense going into next issue. Let's reveal some but things even and see what's going on. I want to know stuff going on. We spent all this time dealing with Batman and Red Hood fighting thugs in an alley. It comes to the point where Red Hood is right. Like, is this all we are? I want to do more than this. I'm like, I want to do more than this too. Let's move on. <laughs> Me too. Let's, let's move on. I mean, who ordered the steak? Who ordered the steak? But we're going to go off right now. We have a second mail section we're going to be going off to right about now. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with you. Ah, yes, we're back with more mail, Eric. It's catching on. It is. Oh, my goodness gracious. If you want to email and like Andrew and Belfast, email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And here's Andrew. So say Jim and Eric. What's now, up, Andrew? with that, does this remind you of back at the whole deal with the male robot, Eric? Is, is that nonsense no. and all that stuff? When did you use that soundbite way back? Because you used to use it as something that oh, I, I did recall. not. I think it was for the male. You ended up having, we didn't have a song at that point or something. But this is a walk down memory lane here with Andrew says, hey, Jim and Eric, as I ease my way, Weekly, very weekly, into 2022, I'm embarking on the new enterprise. We listen to the WSDC from the very start of oh the podcast. Here's a recap of episode one of the fun I had 
with Jim and Eric, the early days. As he says, episode one, saw us start with a hilarious anecdote from America's sweetheart about an old Russian lady knocking on Eric's door while Jess was out of the apartment and Eric was amusing himself, Eric. That is a trend that happened a bunch in that first episode. Then we went on uh, to what presents the boys had gotten for Christmas. Eric was amusing himself again with a transforming bat bot while Jim had received a grand total of two two books, neither of which he liked or would have the patience to read. Then the show... Uh, took a turn when Jim introduced us to his Christmas viewing. The Mummers Channel, Eric, not to be confused with the Shriners. We thought the Mummers were more known at that point around the world. And also, Eric, what was called, and this legit, Jew TV. And no, really, that was the name of the channel. Eric seemed unimpressed. And I ended up Still going am. through these, and I'm like, <laughs> what is it? Jim then tried to lighten things up by telling us how he started the new year with his now famous, for longtime listeners, Rabbits, Rabbits, Rabbits routine before asking Eric if he wanted to tell the new listeners about the site. Eric said no. (laughs) You did not want to talk about the site. We then got a discussion about how Daniel and Jody and their labor for the WSDC initiative was going before Jim began to regret his pact with Eric to review every single DC book, which I forgot that it was your deal. I'd already, episode one, Said, I don't know we should do this. You said we had to. Luckily, listeners to the show will be aware that Jim no longer regrets this decision and treasures the work of both Tom King and Brian Michael Bendis heading his way each month. The discussion in this segment ended with Jim expressing the sentiment that not enough people hated him from the website, so he thought that he would expand the group of haters by doing a podcast. He gave the disclaimer that he was probably offending some people and misremembering names. Luckily, hundreds of episodes later, Neither of those things ever came to pass, Eric, right? <laughs> I mean, really? Uh, they, after discussion on Jim's love of digital comics and some complaints about DC's mismanagement of the digital titles, uh, he laughed at himself because we got the tales of me DMing Dan DiDio to ask what the hell is up with the digital release schedule and referring to them as the redheaded stepchildren of DC. Totally. And Andrew laughed as Jim gave us insight on how he asked Dan Jurgens what it was that got him to wrangle the sweet deal of writing a booster gold title, Eric, not you knowing at bitch. that point because we had just started that he was the creator. I never got a reply to this day. He does not I like the score that he ended up and I said I made the mistake. At the one hour, and I think it was uh, like a Villains Month or one of those you know events that was coming up. That he ended up remember when those events came he would just come in with that like one or two shot of booster that continued like a long form story that was very odd at the one hour six minute mark came a seismic event in wsdc history when eric shea america's sweetheart and the slowly beating pulse of the dc fandom revealed that he had in fact been reading comics most of his life there he got that at that point uh, I wonder, was that Still the, relevant all was these that years the later. first episode two when you ended up where I was talking about the Mortal Kombat? Oh, yeah. And I ended up like, I guess you'll review it. <laughs> of course I'm going to review it. <laughs> I, I know so much about the Mortal Kombat. More than you. You did know more than me. Other highlights included the fact the secret origins books, origin stories weren't so secret. Eric's genuine annoyance at the sexist treatment of Power Girl and the writer room's attempt to remove her clothing Fucking via Paul various Levitz. means. The fact that for Anne Noseni to get a writer's job in D.C. circa 2015, she must know where the bodies are buried. And oh, this is where I like it. 
the fact that Jimmy Pomiati was indeed the Fonz of the DC bullpen, where all the writers and artists go to each day in Jim's head. That's also Eric's Mine as well. As well, yeah. We used to have fun discussing the idea of Jimmy Pomiati coming into the lunchroom with his leather jacket on. Hey! That's my seat, Patsy. Give him the jukebox a little, like a little oh slap. Oh, my God. It was so good. Finally, Eric tells us the time he had to express his awkward regrets on Twitter at the news of Dale Eaglesham's mini stroke. After, do you remember who you asked? No. What was going on? Ethan Manskyver is really? who gave you the information. You asked Ethan Manskyver because at that point, I guess, he, Dale Eaglesham was doing some Green Lantern as well, it mm. seems, is what. He ends up saying, I don't remember it that way, but that was pre-infamy EVS, Ethan Manskyver there. Who, yeah, I thought it was more on that Secret Six book with uh, Gail Simone, but I might be mistaken. That's what I thought Maybe. that it was all about. But he says that we were talking about him on Green Lantern, so that's crazy. What an episode. A roller coaster ride of emotion. I laughed, I cried. Seriously, though, I had a lot of fun listening to this and all the elements that make me enjoy the podcast. I've been there. From day one Crazy. Stay tuned for a breakdown of episode two Andrew and Belfast And yeah, a lot of the stuff we still rely on That first episode we, were, we had no idea what we were doing We didn't even plan I mean, it was weird That was that was such a weird start Where we're like, what are we going to do? And we're like, eh, let's just wing let's it wing We didn't it. even know how we were going to do You actually were more of the vocal guy Because I, I was nervous And then, of course, Ben, the guy we worked with Said that he didn't like my monotone voice And that I was nonsense which almost caused me probably of the 50th time in the first 12 episodes to quit and say it's all over, Eric. Reggie was a big part of that as well, me and Reggie fighting, him talking about compression. Still don't know what he meant, Eric. I have no idea. But with that, thank you, Andrew. That is the end of all the mail from this week. He's going back and listening. It's going to take him a while. It's a long, That's a long trek, especially when you get near that ish, you know, episode 100, you being a drunk, but also us doing 12-hour podcasts. So with that, we're going to go off now. Just being finish drunk off the one podcast. time on the show, a drunk? Yeah, well, you are a drunk. I'm saying on the podcast, you're, you're drunk. You're a drunk fool. A uh, fool. <laughs> but we're going to go off now to finish up the podcast with two books. And right about now. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself. And he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shake. Looking for a star screen or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just Eric Shea. Ah, oh, yes, here I am with Eric Shea and a little shout out as we keep doing this all week, Eric. A shout out to Lady Jessica for that birthday, Eric. That oh, my God. That's not inappropriate, that. Jessica. Oh, my goodness. She's mad about that, gracious. Jim. She usually is. She's I don't know why. That, that's it. She, uh, here's a uh, pertinent reference. She's like Jack Benny. She keeps being 39 each year, Eric. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Oh, the laugh. The thing is, she's turning 39. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. She'll never change there. Uh, so we're here to finish up the podcast. We have a couple of books here. One of the books, Robin, that we're going to start with was almost my book of the year. It didn't quite make it, but I still do like what it was a your book lot. Of the year? My book of the year was Nightwing. Oh, Eric. that's right, yeah. obviously. So with that, uh, it, this was almost there. It didn't quite make it, like I said. And I don't know. I, I think I might like this issue a little more than you. Um, but that's only because I have to get back at you 
for that, you know, you liking that deep target nonsense. Oh, on so you're the lying. Thank I got God you. It's Friday. No, I actually read this and I saw your review. I don't know. You might convince me otherwise. It's not very, it's not a ton more. But what is this, Eric? This is Robin number 10, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Roger Cruz, Norm Ratman, Luis Guerrero, and Troy Pateri. And you know what, Jim? This entire issue, well, the majority of the issue is of the mind. Yes, it is of the mind. You're really of the mind, and it's coming out to play. This where is the third this book is this your week. thing. It is. Isn't everything of the mind really, it is Eric? Because we're in a simulation. Isn't I think that therefore the deal? I am. Oh, that is true. There you go. Uh, but yeah, this issue. Is of the mind, so does it matter? Does it not? It's one yes, of those it, it weird does deals. Matter. It does matter. It, it does matter to me, or to a degree, because the idea of showing Damien where he came from and not in a situation where Mother Soul out of nowhere, I'm going to time travel you, grandson, great grandson, into the past to see where we all started. This of the mind connection makes a lot more sense with the magical, like you know, mysticism idea that you know Mother Soul has. So it makes a lot more sense to be of the mind, where you do get to see the beginnings of Rachel Ghoul and Mother Soul and his and his wife. But the problem with this issue, though, with what we're dealing with, is it really feels like it's it's science versus magic. Mother Soul is all about worshiping the demon, which turns out to be true on Lazarus Island, where she was just happened to be exiled to. Where you know every hundred years she could have mortal combat to try to bring about the demon. But when we get into the idea, then because of what happened here, and like had to double down on the Lazarus Pit stuff and bring his mother back to life, now Joshua Williamson, because we are doing magic versus science, says that Rachel Gould personally created the Lazarus pits. Yeah, that's, that's nope. the worst problem. That's the worst thing about this is you're going with some things. And I thought that you would even have an issue because at one point, like he had his League of Shadows that we no, no, just the thing found is, out about. No, but the thing that, is, makes sense. that made sense for the way they did the J- James Tynan described it because it was magically erased from Batman's mind and it had always been there. Like, a, I mean, that's a hack way to get it. We're it magically works for erased, me. When you start okay. out having the League of Assassins, the League of Shadows, and the League of Lazarus all doing their own independent work for the head of the demon here, I'm like, you know what? That works for me. The problem is the Lazarus pits themselves. That seems very odd. It seems like a very odd play that you would do that, especially with the idea where we like to think of them as something that is a little bit more than just some, oh, I'm going to put these two things together, pinch of salt and a little love, and boom. Lazarus pits, it felt odd, it felt weird, and it didn't feel right. And I, I agree with you there. But the actual issue is funny because you're of the mind, and when this is going on, and again, we're trying to figure out what it is, and then all of a sudden you see it's of the mind, and they're reacting inside and having these things. I thought this was going to really go a little longer and be an artificial way to play out the idea that they didn't have much to do until the Shadow War. So yeah. you end up where it's, it usually is one of those things where you need the book to continue, but yet, but they come out of it pretty quick. I mean, in this issue, so I, I, I don't think it's that. But you do end up having this as more of a, hey, everybody, let's go and see this history of these things, and it's a weird know play about now. Well, and and doing, I don't mind the Rachel Ghoul stuff, right? And that's the problem is why at this point do you want to change up the Lazarus pitch? Why do you want to do that? Because that seemed like almost trying to fix something that wasn't broken. And then you do then it did feel weird. Uh, I like the art a lot in this. Well, and no, I do great, like the colors, the idea especially. When Rachel Gould had doubled down on the science, like, you know, mother, you are a goddamn moron with your freaking superstitious nonsense. Science is where it's at. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show you how better science is. I'm going to create immortality, and I'm even going to call myself the demon said to tell you that I am better than your so-called fucking demon that you worship. And then he goes and figures, this is going to get to the point of how great the art is. 
puts his dead mother in the Lazarus pit, resurrects her into a fucking hottie. Holy moly. When she came out, I'm like, holy. <laughs> He's like, whoa, man. Sometimes that isn't better. I swear to God, I thought that one of these guys in the background was going to hubba, hubba, like go on. And, he, and now here's another thing that I like that I don't know that it was ever really spelled out. But again, we've seen it happen and it didn't quite do it. But the idea of you're living. Don't tell Catwoman this because Catwoman went to Lazarus Pit alive and she yeah, came out yeah. a with lot, a, a, a wardrobe game. <laughs> but I do like the concept of that where if you do get thrown in and you fall in when you're alive, it kind of ends up consuming you and killing you because its whole concept is. But then does it it'd be funny. It's like a never ending cycle. Then it brings you back, but then you're dead. Well, that's the thing is it takes on the life energy to give the life energy to somebody else and stuff like that. It is funny, though, the idea that you get thrown in and die, but you're in a pit that actually restores life. But, yeah, it gets the energy. So I didn't mind that. I thought that that was kind of a neat little And when it gets enough energy after a fighting tournament, the demon will rise on Lazarus Island, where Mother's soul is magically exiled. I don't mind this issue, except the Lazarus pit race shall go, but we'll see what that plays out as, right? But the thing is... Everything seems to almost be there, but it's like a little out of grasp, like the idea of Lazarus Island going. And I didn't even like the idea of, hey, mother, what? You like the demon. Well, I'm going to show you. And and Joshua Williamson is trying to do that thing where he's grabbing things from the past and trying to do a clever thing to make it make sense. I'm just going to call myself the demon's head because it didn't really work with me the idea you are trying to like you know make this work for the way your story is and i don't mind that aspect either because it like it shows you why he would choose this head to show that he is better than the so-called god slash i don't think i don't think i would ever but i never would come about like oh man i want to show that i'm better than eric and i'm gonna call myself eric's head head. i'm eric's head the demon's head was because that was the whole you know thing and he was the head of it and he was the deal and so I I just liked it as that and left alone. The idea I'm going to show her that I'm better. He could have just been like, I'm awesome demon. That would have been better, right? Yeah, awesome you know. demon. No, it's just the, the demon said that is trying to force it a little too much in my mind. Uh, it with works all for of me. that. Yeah, it did. It's just the wonky. story they're telling. Again, though, you didn't really need that either. You didn't need the Lazarus pits of science and you didn't need him to really go all out in this three pages to yell. Not only did you not need this, because when you have something called the League of Lazarus, like the idea that, you know, Ra's al Ghul then formed three cliques, right? He's got the League of Shadows, the people that will go out and help him, you know, with his his conquest of the world and, you know, bringing balance to everything. He has the League of Assassins for anybody who gets in his way, and he has the League of Lazarus to go forth and try to find these areas in which he can create Lazarus pits. I'm like, alright, well, the thing is it would be cool if you just, you know, found the Lazarus pits because they're a natural earth thing. <laughs> Man. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe he's more in tune. I the, the idea again, just the Steven's head. The idea that he's also known as you know the demon, all this stuff with it. I think that that would have been the better play. Just I'm just going to take your name because I think you're nonsense. I'm going to do it. And by the way, the organization I have, I'm the demon's head, so take that. But it just felt odd. The idea of I'm going to show my mom with this. He showed her all right. She came out sexy. I'm a big boy now. Holy moly. Look at me, mom. I'm a big boy. Look at you. She came out and I, I, I wanted that idea where Race is there and he's like, Oh my God, look, look at her. I mean, I have this graying hair. I'm jumping the hell in. <laughs> I want to get sexy too. It's a little too sexy. I'm just going to say that. It, it's, I mean, really. It's a lot of sexy. Yeah. And the thing is, so with the concept that we have, when somebody goes into a Lazarus pit and they come back, for the most part, they always come back, you know, mad, insane, freaking, you know, raving and shit like that. So when, you know, Mother's Soul does come back and starts talking about the idea of, like, the things I saw, the horrors, there lives a demon within this, you know, Lazarus. It showed me a horrible future that will only worsen unless we free the demon, purge this planet, and start again. 
Now, the thing is, we, we have seen throughout all of Rachel Ghoul and Lazarus Pit kind of stories, pretty much any Lazarus Pit story, that when you have this madness upon you, I, I wish it was just a madness, a strange superstition that took her mm-hmm. over and she never overcame it coming back from the dead the way she did. But since we are on Lazarus Island, having mortal combat and a demon was resurrected, it's all true. And for some reason, like Black Man, I mean, Devil Ray in the Black Mana book, who the Aura Calcum just talks to him about all the past shit that he didn't tell anybody, the, the magic rock didn't tell anybody else. Now we have the demon choosing Mother Soul, I guess, for being a good girl and a believer, but here's what's going on. This is how you free me and the whole thing. I'm like, how come nobody else ever had this demon? No, no, vision? that's that's what you have the problem with. And and with that, too, maybe you're saying she she was the one who had the faith, all that. Yeah. But with that, though, there is that other play here. And we hope that this book, the Robin book and the Lazarus Pits, it all leads to Alfred coming back. And I think there was a, an odd little play because legitimately it's been too long for him to bring back his mom. But they say, I don't know. It seems like it's too long. He's like, bah, bah, humbug, throw her in. And then she comes back young and sexy. I'm like, if Alfred comes back, is he going to be like that MI6 well, sexy Alfred when he comes back? It's going to be awesome, right? So with that, though, I think that might be a little wink-wink if people say later the idea of, well, it was too long. With No, no, no. You, you ended up having this, whether it's connected or not. But all I kept thinking of is, oh, my God, Alfred's going to come back. Sexy I don't know Alfred. if he's going to come back to the last you, If though. he does, though. He's hooking up with his mother's son. They're, they're going Gross. to town together, right? <laughs> she wants to kill the world, Jim. It's so funny to me, too, for the idea of the idea of the demon and what we need to do because the world, you know, like me, son, I had to die before I could be reborn. And you know what? That's exactly what the world needs to do to see what I see. I'm like, who's going to be around to bring the world back? Yeah, well, here's the deal. The I know who's going to be left. The dinosaurs, Eric. Dinosaur guys. We, we already have that. The dinosaurs. He's going to be there. But of this, I... Again, I don't necessarily love the idea of the Lazarus Pits with Raish or whatever, but if we're going to go with it, we're going with it, and at least it's explained a little. It does seem like it's such a narrow focus, though, with this I, I think it was a Batman story, though, like the idea that he was going around and just shutting this shit down because he was tired of it. He was destroying all the Lazarus. Maybe Bane was with him, too. I'm trying to remember how the story worked out. But the idea was Batman was shutting down all the Lazarus pits to stop Ra's al Ghul and his goddamn nonsense once and for all. But what he didn't know is that the Lazarus pits needed to be there because they were a part of the Earth to keep it going. So he couldn't actually – there was like one left at the, at the end of that story, and he had to let it stay because – it was tied to the earth, and you kill the last of the Lazarus pits, and you kill the earth. So this is a weird retcon. Man, it is a weird retcon. I even remember there was something since we were doing podcast. I just remember them bombing a bunch of Lazarus pits as well, and it was just to kind of stop things, and it never really played out. Never it, did none. It, it's weird. I, I seem to think that I remember them doing some Lazarus pit stuff in Joshua Williamson's Batman Superman stuff too, but that might just be me thinking wonky Wasn't stuff. Wasn't that just but, the uh, the Kandorians? Yeah, no, there was that, but even before that, but I, I might be thinking other, but it, yeah, the retcon's weird. There was no real reason to retcon this, but it does end up making it more of a focus in this book, I, I guess. I do hope but, as we continue on, because when we do end this issue with Damien coming out of this, knowing what he knows, fighting his grandmother, you do have Rachel Ghoul showing up to save the day, sexy-ass Rach and sexy-ass mother soul, like father and mother going head-to-head here at this big old battle in Lazarus Island. But I do hope that it is the idea that he is such a mama's boy and wants her approval so much that if this says at the end, Oh, yeah, all that shit. I, Mom, I told you I created this thing. I didn't really. I just wanted to impress you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, that'd be funny. I don't think they're going with that. And the funny thing with this, too, where you have at the end, like you said, you have Ray show up and looks sexy. It looks good. 
comes running in, but Yosef Talia there, we already saw that going on with that. And so when it says mother and son, you get the idea, too, that's Damien and Talia. I don't know, you know, how this will end up, if it's a three-way battle or whatever, because the kids are all still there, too, around there, and they're trying to help Damien. At one point, he's just laying there, probably convulsing and stuff. And he end up, hey, can we wake him up? How about I kill Mother Soul over here? No, no, no. That'll kill him. It's sleepwalker rules. Like, just the idea out of nowhere. We have this mystical mumbo-jumbo of the mind stuff, so everybody's a goddamn expert about how this yeah. works. Oh, I, that's what made me laugh. And, oh, no, and, you, you can't wake him up right now because the Freddy Kruegers will get him. Yeah. Legit, you pick the right character to go with, with Connor, I but agree. still. Still hanging out with the League of Shadows look, and whatnot. Look at, yeah, yeah, look at you with your big brain over there knowing the rules to this, this thing that's just kind of being made up on the fly. Well, talk about being made up, though, because we know previously that Raish was hanging out on that island, licking his wounds ever since Batman and the Outsiders. Where It seemed like he was, you know, out of money, out of options. The League of Assassins wasn't, like, he couldn't fund it anymore. It seemed like everybody had left him. But here we are, you know, Talia al Ghul, Raish al Ghul, and a shit ton of fucking ninjas behind him. Yeah. Like, I guess things got better on well, that remember island. You, yeah, Talia show up in that plane oh, rocket, the helicopter, the helicopter thing. Yeah, yeah. thing, so it's just like shit. But Some even her, spacecraft. going from her thing and having Leviathan be everything gets and then all also swirly. being a part of Leviathan and the totality after the Leviathan. Like she was a double agent for Mark Shaw and Checkmate, and I, I don't know how things. It's right all anymore. nonsense. No, the, so maybe we we're don't. back to the basics. So Leviathan's fine. We're going to say we could fold what was left of I'm Leviathan, Italian's Leviathan, not freaking Mark Shaw's, into the League of Assassins, just like it was meant to be all, all along. And legit, here's my I don't even thing. know what it's fucking saying. I, I, I'm, uh, what you're saying is we can forget about the Bendis nonsense, so I'm all with it, right? I, I'll do the abridged version. But this is the problem is that, that I have. You end up where Raish is there, and he's trying to you know, get his mom's approval, but also his wife had died, all these things, and his mom. So all you needed to do was have Raish travel the world trying to find these mysterious Lazarus pits using science to find them and then you just get them but this idea this is what of they him call creating a lodestone mother it points to the northern star exactly i mean you could have done all that stuff and directions. that would have made that would have been fine you know you have it now you could use the science even if it's you know mystical lazarus pit you might have been able to play the idea of science and recreating them other places and he's going to use them i, I just kind of want to see him do stuff with vandal savage and his immortality that, exactly so i wouldn't mind that but you really, you just kind of went too far. Can you imagine Rachel Ghoul when he's still a mortal man back, you know, hundreds of years ago, where he kidnaps freaking Vandal Savage and tries to extract his, his you know, blood to create some immortality fluid? And here's the thing, too, just to throw it out there. The idea of the science, quote-unquote science, in the time that Rachel is in. Savage. Yeah. It is kind of a mystical thing anyway. So you could play with that idea of what was actually, quote unquote, yeah, drink science. This. It has herbs and piss. And then, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, hey, uh, your Q zone is even worse than that. The idea that it would have been a combination of you know, mysticism yet. and stuff. And yeah, I think you should have played that more. And just, you, you went too far. But I did like this. No, I liked the elements of it a lot. Especially because it was of the mind. Yeah, and it's of the mind, which you keep yelling. But I like that it's getting us. And most people, if you don't know about race, yeah, it's a little one. But you know now. Now you know the true story. Or is it? Yeah, or is it his story? You end up where <laughs> it is the idea, you know, family. And, and it's fine. And I do like the idea that Joshua Winston, I thought the pacing was actually pretty good of, of oh, the mind, too. too. Because you do pull out there to see that the kids are there. I like to see that. 
Connor's yelling rules. Who knows how he knows him, but he well, does. Even before you know that, even when Damien's there and goes to town when he follows Rachel and, you know, his great grandmother and stuff like that, and she's praying to the demon, and he's sitting there, he acts like he is back in time, and they sit almost like they're getting to know each other before she becomes Mother's Soul, the incarnation of what would become that through the idea of worshiping the demon and stuff like that. I liked all that stuff. Yeah, it's I just, liked it. The wonky continuity retcons that didn't need to be done. Yeah. It just really kind of just hampered a lot of the stuff that I enjoyed of this because it does have great art and i like the pace of the story and i like where we're going to shadow war because it seems really interesting especially starting off with you know like uh son versus mother and then you know and then you know daughter versus grandmother and then damien will be in there somewhere doing great, stuff it's great just, grandmother hey. it's just the league versus this new league and i'm down to kick the league of lazarus's ass especially with our freaking cohorts on damien's background because i can't get me enough of freaking like a flat line and connor and ravager seven out of ten yeah i'm a seven five i actually like this it's one of those issues where yeah some things bother me but again like i said i kind of have to get with the program of the idea but if it happens it happens we can be mad about it just like aquaman and oliver no that trading was places. nothing it just happens. <laughs> it was nothing that just happened but there was no explanation he's actually explaining it here it may not make sense we'd like it but you don't understand the rules of dr dinosaur well time i travel. really want one who does he does dr dinosaur yeah, I, mean, I don't even Tabula think he knows he ends up tabula rosa man which we're talking about <laughs> stuff from the friday podcast. he says that not even knowing what that means it seems he's just like clean slate or do let's we roll. not know what he means about what he means he doesn't seem to know but you end up with this again i i kind of wanted it to be time travel kind of but that that's kind of nonsense so of the mind mind. works but of the mind works with the idea that he joshua williamson does tell you that and i like that he actually like straight up oh my god this isn't time travel oh my god i'm of the mind so nobody's confused and stuff and i thought it was good i like the art but yeah 7.5 but we'll move on to the last book of the night Wait, this is one of those where a lot of people were mad about this issue, which we'll discuss in a minute. What is, oh yeah, yeah. What is this issue, Eric? Teen Titans Academy number 11, written by Tim Sheridan with R.F.I. Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, Brett Brett Peoples, Alex Sinclair, Jeremiah Skipper, Matt Herms, and Rob Lee. School's back in session, but how long will it last, Jim? Oh my, I don't know, Eric. I thought you were going to have a... (laughs) have <laughs> a blurb there oh my. Uh, i'll tell you right away i thought you were thinking of me i was gonna turn to alice cooper for a second <laughs> oh my god you end up where me and you rarely bother with the covers right we don't really think about the covers or care about the it. cover oh yeah look at the cover now eric and you'll see why people <sighs> might be a little bit upset with that there because i'll tell you it says on the cover red x revealed Oh. There's there is a we there's a thing the worst where part is I'm looking at this. Didn't even look at the little like you know words. I'm looking at the cover like what's wrong with this? Here's the thing: people will argue till the end of time about should a cover spoil things, whatnot. What they're talking about this is, is why the I art. Even look at covers. That the art is one thing where that can get wonky at points. Whatever you can't print out on the cover, red X revealed. You can't. They just did, Jim. That does that. So I ended up like, the sales oh spiked. my, well, there you go. Well, I ended up uh, seeing Tim Sheridan talking about this, and he said that he was not aware of it. I cried bullshit with that because I usually they end up uh, getting the cover to approve with that with the writer sometimes. I've seen that where they end up where even when you have some of the times, like a Tom King at, at one point, I forget, what, he had a problem with the cover and ended up stopping that. So I don't know. But he said that it was done without his knowledge. Tim Sheridan's kind of a new writer at DC, so maybe they wouldn't end up throwing it back. And he was pretty pissed off. He said 
with that idea that DC did that because, yeah, there's no reveal. Here. The idea, like, what are you talking about? I'm never going to reveal this. This is the, all the story I have. It'd be funny where he's like, what? what's going on? I wasn't going to reveal that to 2028. Oh, my goodness gracious. But, yeah, you don't get that reveal in here. The issue itself, it just ends up, in my mind, all of this this series even jim we're avoiding future state with this series we are. This issue. i mean that's fine but you also then pretty much say to shazam you know hey sayonara soccer fuck you shazam fans you continue having the idea of teddy black adam younger from the future that tim sheridan thinks that dc one million means it's a million years ahead it's of not. the deal which i finally did end up sending him a I'm little like note move, because jim. no it's not because he really went heavy on it here there's like 17 people. Man, he's a million years old. He's a million years old. And he just doesn't get the concept of what that DC 1 million was. But with that, and with that is, that was like, what, the 853rd century. And what it was, was that was the kind of a, a cool little idea, maybe, of that would be when the millionth copy of a DC comic yeah. would come out in that. Yet that's what the 1 million is. I know. But I'm telling I'm people t- that. I, don't, I don't think people do know that a lot. So. I say it every time we deal with DC One Million. Yeah, we just say that he's not a million. I just wanted to spell out exactly because there's going to be somebody. What do you mean? There's DC One Million. That's not years. It's nope. It's the 853rd century. Yeah. So with that, you know, that's just an aside. You know, maybe he doesn't know. Somebody told him the wrong info or whatnot. But I don't like the idea where all of a sudden, because Shazam is now going to be taken off the board for you know the time being. You end up suddenly. We had him on the board, Jim. He's got a new movie coming out. The, the Flash family shows up. They, they they end up where okay, Mary, but Freddie in Tim Sharon's own oh, Shazam deal. family, not Flash family. Yeah, Shazam family. I'm sorry. You end up where Fred, nobody's saying anything about Freddie was going to die. Everything they just That's all the Shazam portion when he was all about the idea of putting you know your 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 feelings aside. Freddie's going to die, and you know what, Billy. You have to be okay with not having power and just being able to let Freddy go because that's the natural order of the world and stuff like that. Here we just power up the Rock of Attorney. Hey, Shazam! The entire Shazam family seems to be students at the Teen Titans Academy who we've never seen before. And Freddy, last we saw, was dying in a hospital. Here he is with everybody else Shazamming it up. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because you end up, you know, hey, got here in time. Now let's help Billy. Maybe they ran that. I don't they know. Do. You know, I mean, maybe they're... All right, everybody. Let's let's leave Philadelphia, go across the country, and make sure you grab Dying Freddy Freeman That's on the way. That's what doesn't make sense. So Without the play, powers. Either way, doesn't make sense, because we haven't seen him. And Billy's just running around in the Shazam story that Tim Sheridan did. No sign of them. And then all of a sudden, they show up here, where I only can think you that this was... You haven't mentioned any of that. All you're dealing with is the original Captain Marvel family with Mary and Freddy. You have not mentioned Darla, Pedro, or and Eugene we were this upset entire time. Because we didn't know what was at play here, especially with the idea of Infinite Frontier, how this would work out. So yeah, there they are. We love them. But them just showing up here without any explanation whatsoever... And that's the problem I have with this whole series, even with the individual characters, even in some of the issues that we have. Okay, we have some downtime. Let's go talk about Gorilla Greg. Let's do this. And everything seems to be wiped clear for me. Each issue where you get there and people just will act a certain way. Somebody will be more of a focus, but there's never a coherent issue to issue thing going with me because there's too many kids. There's too many characters. and We're not getting enough of them. And in this, it just ends up where Red X is just waltzing around 
Well, not only that, Red X has lightning powers out of nowhere. Yeah, that's and that's what I'm saying. This is my whole point of this, where each issue, it seems like there's some weird wonky reset to get there. And I wish that it well, would no, just calm the hell down. Well, no, not weird wonky reset. It's just the idea that we have a progression. Tim Sharon just says to himself what seems like. I, don't, I can't say this is what he actually says. But it seems like as he's writing... Man, wouldn't it be cool to get to do this? And how do we get there? It doesn't matter. And that's the thing. This is the weird thing. In my mind, if me and you are in the backyard and I'm like, hey, I'm going to fight you and I have super strength. And then all of a sudden I say, no, no, no. I have lightning powers. To me, that's kind of the reset is what I mean. He, he is making well, up no, no, the rules not, as not he goes. It, just the idea. Here we go. Here's the, the, like the, the thought process behind making sure that we never get to the future State Teen Titan series with the Four Horsemen Apocalypse. Dane, the son of Satan, nevermore here. He's about to be like the weapon that he was born to become here and unleash the apocalypse, the four horsemen apocalypse. And in order to stop this, we need to have the de-aged Black Adam 1 million Teddy and Shazam go and grab Dane and bring him to the Rock of Eternity where they're all going to be trapped inside. And with the like with the four horsemen apocalypse, when Dane unleashes them, they're all going to be trapped inside with their power that can make sure that the Earth is always going to be saved. But in order to do this, coming off the Shazam 4 issue mini, the Rock of Eternity is all wonky since it fell out of the freaking, you know, the uh, the sphere the sphere of the gods, the center of the multiverse, and fell into hell. And then Teddy and Shazam had to go and put it back into place. And we thought, like, nobody's talking about it. It's been weird for a while. But the plan now to stop the apocalypse with nobody realizing, and for somehow not even Red X, when Teddy and Shazam somehow took the entire Rock of Eternity, which... They then brought it out of hell and put it in the bay outside of Titan's Tower right behind it. So for because they all knew when Red X would have this whole temper tantrum about the Titans, the original Titans, killing Nevermore because they're a bunch of fucking bastards. He would lose his shit, shoot a gigantic bolt of lightning down to freaking take down Titan's Towers. But what he didn't know is the Rock of Eternity's right there and his supercharged Rock of Eternity, allowing our Shazam family to have their powers once again and fight back. I'm like, the fuck did you just do? I, I'm, I'm telling you, you're, you're even explaining it correctly and my mind's spinning. While we have this gigantic conspiracy in the background where Red X isn't working alone, he's been a plant here from some like, cabal in the background that we know nothing about and it's just a new element to his story and, you know, lightning powers. Yeah, and, and so with that, what are we going to do when we get this reveal and the way that this plays out, this seems a little different than a kid going, hey, can I buy that mask? I'm heading over to that tower there and I want to see if it does connect. And the funny thing about it as we're talking and as I'm reading this, the idea, Dane, and you get this, it is exactly pretty much what's going on over at Strange Academy, a okay. very similar book at Marvel because you have Doyle Dormammu. Like yeah, yeah. Well, you have Doyle Dormammu who ends up where they see a future and he's going to be the destruction of it. Oh my God, I'm going to be just like, so. I feel like that was, I feel like that was the plot to Mystic You. It's the plot of every book like this. So you end up with that though, because it's the kid, the kids, David, and you end up having a hope of, oh, listen, that's a possible future and it may not happen, but what we'll do is we'll try to cheer things up and go. And I like that play a little better, especially because all I want to do here it's just have the kids doing things, going to class, having their problems that young heroes have. And maybe the, you know, the worst thing is, man, those older heroes, they don't trust us. And this just is so over the top wonky to try to, you, you painted yourself into 80 corners. And now he's trying to get like paint remover and try to get the hell out of the room. But instead he's just jumping and, and using the lightning powers. And, and all of a sudden the rocket turn, everything just happens to happen. And at this point, you almost could think that you would, hey, time out, 
hey, everybody, listen, this isn't working. Let's just pretend all that day. Hey, here's Red X. Go. Let's go. I just want to get out of the story. Yeah, well, you're I'm still trying, trying to revert. Prog- I'm trying to figure out the progression that you have here because Dane is inside a mystic bubble that can't be penetrated right now. Red X is halfway inside now trying to protect him from the Titans that he, for some reason, believes are going to go and kill Dane before the end of the world happens. And when it starts out, he has two katana swords holding his own right there. And then we go to do some flashbacks. Stuff. And then when we come back, now he has no swords and his hands are radiating with red energy. I'm like, I have what, no what idea who this kid do? is. And so with that, remember these things. When we get the reveal, first off, you ended up having him be he's smarter than Amanda Waller. Red X knows everything about I think everybody. I that he's as smart as a Batman. Yeah, yeah. And then playing that. So you have that. So what's gonna gonna be, this is up? just going to be Grant Wilson back from the dead. And that's what we're waiting yeah, for this maybe, entire time. Maybe it will be. But if it is that, like, you don't have but any But he's still a plant somewhere inside yeah. the school. But because we even had those characters in the last issue die, which really felt like they didn't have a, a gigantic place all along where it was uh, Joey Webley and Mark Radley who died last month. Remember the old Joey Webley? Yeah, Joey Webley. I'm sorry, Joey uh, Webster. <laughs> Joey Webley. I like Webster. Oh, Webster. I like that. Now, with that, I'm looking at things here. If it is Grant, it doesn't play off well because well, of the I'm saying deal, the, thing is, the idea, like, uh, have we seen anyone? Uh, maybe we well, don't really think I'm about it. What I'm saying is I'm going to tell you a theory you here. The idea of Grant. I mean, this just plays directly into every t- the, the guy in the shadows, Deathstroke, hates Grant's the team back. He, again, they're going to kill. They're going to die. Let's do this. This is a playoff of the Jeff Johns deal. And even if you want to go with the idea where Grant thinks that the Teen Titans killed him, even though the Hive, you know, t- technically did with the Super Soldier Serum. But I mean, with this, it does end up seeming that same, you know, that same beat, that same plot beat of the Titans end up getting kids and they always get killed. There you go. You're going to kill Dane. I'm going to protect him. It's starting to feel like that when you said Grant. <laughs> and then we end up seeing the deal in the back or something connected to Deathstroke because, you know, when you jump on a book like this, you have to have Deathstroke. It just that the idea that it is somebody like a Grant or a t- trying to stop it, it seems so generic that I think that Tim Sheridan would jump on that and try to use it. But if it is there, you're just going to say, what the hell is this? Like, what, what's going on? It's going on way too long. The idea that we're still ending up trying to, you know, not get that possible future. It, it seems like that's it's over a year now. Let's just get on with it. Let's have the book. This should be fun. We have Shazam and Teddy and Dane locked in the freaking Rock of Attorney now. But that's not what I want. Like, that's no. the other thing. Like, You've just taken one of my favorite heroes off the table. Come up with something clever to revert it in a way that you still have the good characters. And I'm telling you, the idea of Teddy, the young black Adam from the future, million years old, I hear. The idea that that could be so we even joked around of some of the jokes you would get. You never got them. They try in this. Tim Sheridan tries desperately at the very end. Doesn't even play off because the joke of being old, saying things to him that he would never understand. Yeah, it's I, like thing a, is, it it's doesn't such a play weird off. Dynamic you're getting because you have a character who keeps saying a million over a million years old, which isn't true. But he's DA still with white hair, but he doesn't come off as an old man at all because he is like. I don't know what we're playing at for the no, most and then, part. And the joke you go is, oh, you want to watch the History Channel? He's from the 853rd century. Yeah, stop it. That That's not what you do. Like, that's stupid. And he, he forsook Matt. Is that the word forsook? Forsaken Matt. I don't know. He, I'll go with it. He for, did something with magic for Didn't you know, thousands of years Didn't he do the art there. on that Legion book, Forsook? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Words are hard sometimes, but like the idea that... 
you have somebody who's so technologically advanced who made himself immortal in the future and forsook for, for magic all of them years. It just seems weird to have this dynamic now where he has, you know, had to do what he had to do to save all of the, you know, existence of his unborn Wonder Woman one million child of the future by going and saying Shazam one more time, falling back in time, doing all this stuff. He just doesn't feel like a character from the future who has lived for that long. Who And from a character who's already was like 2,000 years old before he was resurrected in this regular continuity in present day. Yeah, he's not like, where's my flying cars? Right? Like stuff like that, right? Stuff like that. <laughs> That's all I got. Hey, where's that machine that makes my food for me? Replicator? In the future, the food eats you. You know what's weird, too, which I don't understand what we're playing with. And maybe I'm forgetting something from last issue or I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. Because when you start the issue out, you have Donna Troy and Raven talking from yesterday. I've been dead before. As long as it's a battle, I guess I can't complain. It's just a vision of one future, Donna. We don't know that it's going to happen. Have you told Miguel yet? I'm like, told Miguel yet what? <laughs> and then even the idea here is like, and let's put all the other pieces on the board. If we're going to have any chance of changing a whole timeline, and that's a big F, we're going to have to need help. And it's like, okay, Donna, we'll call her. We'll call all of them. I'm like, who's her? Is it Mary? Um, But overall... Like you said, you're, you change up the rules as you go that just suit you. Things happen. You take Shazam off the board, which makes sense in that deal where they were going to have the Mary Marvel book, and then that got delayed or at least pushed, you know, six months from now. So we'll have to see what that's happening and what goes on. I think that this would have been like that kickoff to get that. Uh, but I'm happy that you got Darlene uh, or Darla, Eugene, and Pedro because yeah. we weren't sure that we'd have them. So at least that they're there. But for this whole big showdown at the end, where we're going to take on Red X and make sure that we can stop Dane in the apocalypse, you have Arsenal like bringing all the kids out of the school and stuff like that. You have the Flash family show up. You have all the Titans together right there, which is great and stuff like that. Even Shazam and his family. You have a lot of characters here, even though they don't have a lot to do but get their asses kicked and just say, we fooled you. And it's just all kind of reverted by the end. But you do have the kids at least trying their best. Like the, the tower is coming down and you have like, you know, Tressida and like um, Gorilla Greg and all these characters trying to do their best to be the next generation of heroes and making sure that everybody gets out of the tower. It's just not enough because while this is a cool moment, like if you're going to get your character doing something cool, even though he's like the up and coming young character, it's just so overshadowed by this terrible goddamn concept for a story. And that the fact that you have all of this going on and you're still playing silly games with your Red X reveal, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And yeah, you don't get the Red X reveal that it says on the cover, whoever's to blame there. But Red X by this point it's just getting silly That we don't know and even the idea Remember we know who he is we got that Everybody does but us It seems like that's not even the case And he, Like somebody would say at one point Like whoever it is just say it is Grant and he's come back and whatever And that, wouldn't that at some point somebody Come on Grant just stop this or come on Eric Shea we know it's you just stop This I just imagine there's a bunch of different Grants and different ages and the one's still lot talking to the one Grant's talking to the other Grant who's the Red X and he respawns Another Grant on freaking Lazarus Island Who knows and then somehow Red Tornado Eric <laughs> Who's better than Grant's tomb Yeah really so we'll have to but, but at, like I said, what I want from this book is not the tower being exploded by suddenly lightning powers from Red X, where we're going to get Shazam and the Rock of Attorney with a million-year-old Teddy and Dane, and then everybody running for their lives. I actually, we never really had the fun of what this book should be, and I want that. This book didn't need to be all hell is broken loose and we have to revert this and that and the other thing. With that, that's all it's become, and I think it got left behind. By a lot of people because it just doesn't 
do anything. It's not fun. And it's at not the end, this. it looks like Red X is captured by a Titan, but you know he's going to get away because after that bit, it looks like Titan's Towers is coming down and everybody's in danger of being rubbled on. And you on. know what's going to happen. They're going to go, oh my god, is everybody okay? Where's Red Oh man, Red he X got, got away. away. Damn it, he did it again. So yeah, I was, uh, but what would you I was very disappointed with why I do enjoy the art, just the concept alone. And just changing the powers, and maybe they're not, but we don't know anything about Red X, so I have to say that just giving him whatever powers he needs to have for whatever fucking panel he's yeah, on. Yeah, that's, that's the play. Don't tell him who it is having so they can lightning just make powers things up. Then call down the thunder and then also charge up the Rock of Eternity to do all this bullshit just to pretty much destroy the Shazam family and the character, that one of the characters I love the most in DC Comics. You went out of your way to kick me in the balls, it seemed like, here, and you ultimately did nothing but say, hey, remember that shitty Teen Titans Future State comic? Yeah, we're not doing that anymore. And it took you over a year, about almost a year to fucking tell me that's not happening. So, yeah, fuck you five. <laughs> I'm going fuck you five, too. You inspired me. But, yeah, I'm with you because the idea where at this point. And also point, thinks that Teddy's one million, over a million years old. There's a lot of problems with this book. I, I do have to point out, here's the deal. If anybody in this world... And why are we world, calling him Teddy? Like, it's Teth Adam. Is that, like, the idea, like, Teth Adam, like, Teddy? I don't know. I'm Teddy. Black Adam. Because he's young. You know, Teddy. You know, you Adam. Know, Teddy. If I'm young, I'm Jimmy. And that's what I am. I'm a young man, eh? But it's like me calling you Jamie out of nowhere. You're James. It's like you're calling me, like, John. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So I can't actually make it worse than Teddy for some everybody reason. Everybody in the world, there's nobody that keeps going on and on in my ear about the idea. But Jim, this or Jimmy or Teddy or Johnny, this is the, you know, we're getting rid of that future deal. Like, this has been your thing. You kind of want to, but it's been too long now. And you're just ending up having an awful story to get rid of an awful story. I, I want a good too, story. I swear the last issue, the one before that, when we had that Halloween homecoming kind of thing going on, where everybody was playing with the the H dial and turned into a Ouija board somehow. But then we conjured these things before Arsenal showed up. And it looked like the four horse of the apocalypse were there in the form of dead titans previously. But what does that mean now that it seems that Dane hasn't unleashed them yet? Now he's going to be in print. I don't understand. I'm telling you, I doomsday clock this bitch. Somebody comes in and moves that freaking dial like an inch to the side. It's all reversed. You don't have it. I mean, you could just do any, but it, it's not good. And and you're you're playing off of a bad story anyway. And it just ends up making this too dark a book for me for what you could have had. And now it's over a year pretty much. And we're just left with, with nothing. I want to know more about the kids. I want to know their interactions. And when we finally do get that little dribs and drabs, it's the best part of this whole series. So yeah, fuck you five. I just, so you tell me before that people aren't liking this book? Yeah, they, they're just the idea of the people not buying it. Is, say, is they have the same problems down. I have? Oh, no. The people really not liking, no. It's that the idea of on the cover, it says the Red X reveal. Oh, you did so tell people me about were, For some reason, I took it deeper than that. Yeah, yeah. People were grabbing it. That's pretty much what it is. People who had even dropped the book seemed like, okay, well, maybe this, will, deeper than maybe, this, no, maybe this will be my jump back in. And not this book isn't selling horribly uh, with the landscape of things. It's Weird. right in with the... You know, other mids. books like yeah. uh, Superman and, and stuff like that. And even, you know, that's a Wonder Woman stuff. So it's not really down, down. But I just need more. I saw some people talking on, you know, just about the book and saying, like, it's the greatest thing they ever read and all the power to them. Because I, I just get that left behind great. every time I just shake my head. I wish I could think that. But what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Action Comics number 1039. Mine is as well, and I think, again, just to reiterate from earlier, I think everybody should check that out. If you're not, especially if you weren't digging the Action Comics deal 
with Philip Kennedy Johnson before it has actually really, really did pick up. Even if I had issues, I still thought that it was really good there. But here are the books that we're going to talk about next week. Remember, two of these books will be on the Patreon exclusive spotlight picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> and we don't have a ton. We ended up having a lot this week. We're going to have a little bit of a reprieve with Batman number 120. See what old Lexi Sexy Lexi's up to with that Batman Incorporated. Right, Eric? Right. right. Edit that out, Jesse. Edit that out. Edit out that one of that sexies there. We Love also have... Stick. Yeah, really. I mean, seriously, you better edit that out there. Edit that, that is out. awful there. Oh, my goodness. We have Dark Knights of Steel number four, a book that we really do enjoy. One of those that goes hand in hand with the DC versus Vampires and Task Force Z, where people were giving that part of their books of the year in 2021 after like two issues. Nonsense there. Detective Comics number 1051. Hopefully that gets me on board like Eric Shea with the whole tower, the boy. All of that, oh obviously. Justice League Incarnate, number four. The big book that we are thinking is a little too silly at the moment, but hopefully we'll kind of be able to see you know, some good like things happening there. It's like the big event book, book to show you the scope of things to come in DC Universe, and it's cracking wise the entire time and making light of itself. It is true. It's like you're going to like a shareholders meeting where the, the president is supposed to come out and tell you why you should know that the company – and he comes out and tells knock-knock jokes. You're like – I don't think this is working out well. He comes out with a puppet. Hey there, everybody. You know what? He's got my attention now if it's a puppet. Yeah, he had your interest. Now. Now I have the attention. Hey, look at me. I'm going to end up telling you about the shareholders meeting while drinking water. Oh, my goodness, Eric. It's it works out. Now. It works out. That's what I'm saying. He has a ventriloquist dummy. Hey, if you're a dummy, why do you have your hand up my ass? Oh, my goodness. I'm in. To more shares. Bye. Bye. Monkey Prince number one. That is the Gene Luen Yang book. You ended up having some previews and things from before with the Monkey Prince. So I'm looking forward to that. I We're think I that. read the preview. So I, I, yeah, I I'm, think I did too. I think it was all right. But if we, I haven't, I'm going to reread yeah, that I'm again. Gonna, like refresh myself. Yeah, I think so too. One Star Squadron number three, a book that we haven't really been it. Well, we're roller coaster. We actually liked the first issue more than we thought. The second issue we thought was nonsense. We'll see. This is where it's on. Zeal number three shopping block, Eric, as they say around the world. So we'll end up seeing how that goes. We also have Suicide Squad number 12, which we have been enjoying. Hopefully we'll get back to, you know, more some character work, but also leading into the whole war for Earth 3. Hopefully things become more Going clear. Going to be a big event in the War for Earth 3. That might be your, what is it now? Is Would that be the my spring or event. is that the spring event? I never know what that is or what Seasons that is. Yeah. are hard for Jim. It is <laughs> weird, but that is March, right? Is that smart? Again, with the that crazy is, I don't know weather? when it comes out, but I know it's coming up like in a few months. We'll say spring event, but I think my spring event is going to be the Shadow War. We're going to go against, we're going to butt heads on you that. You know what? I'm actually fine with that because that's going to be fun to see whose event is better in the end. And that's true. You you haven't been you don't have a great track. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but again, you get excited about everything. I cannot fault you for that enthusiasm that you bring each and every time that I talk to you. <laughs> that is a salute to you, Mr. Kazoo. That's what I call you, Mr. Kazoo. Eric, you want to hear that again? <laughs> does that annoy you enough that I can keep playing it and it really, really annoys you? I think it does it to everybody. Oh, Science. really? Oh, my goodness gracious. But like I said, two of those books will be on the Patreon spotlight. My guess will be Justice League Incarnate 
And I don't know, Monkey Prince seems like it has that ticket on there. But I do think One Star Squadron will be on there. One Star Squadron. That might be. That might be. So if you want to get involved with that and all that stuff going on on the Patreon, including a bunch of other shows going on, go over to patreon.com slash weird science. Help us out for everything we do here. But like I said, you get a ton of shows in return over like 2,000 episodes of stuff. It's nonsense. They're complete and utter nonsense. The but episodes? with all that, yeah, yeah, we're, we're way above that right now. I end up oh, where I, I have my the, deal. What it was, the episodes were nonsense. Oh, no, no. Well, they might be as well, but that's not for me to say. Oh. But there's a lot. There's a ton of stuff, including, you know, stuff I'm going to go off and do after we're done here, which, you know, that, that's not here or there, but I'll be you doing something. That you're going to relax and eat, probably, is what I'm, I said. I have to eat. You haven't eaten oh, all you're day. you're going to the bar, aren't you? I'm not going to the bar. The oh, is because we had to move all this stuff around because yesterday was Lady Jessica's birthday. Oh, I spent yeah, the entire yeah. evening at her parents. And also because the WWE <laughs> screwed me. Tonight is the night of the Royal Rumble, which oh. I'm missing completely. And I have to go and sit there and start it over at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, no. Now it's the Royal Crumble, Eric, right? It's my Isn't favorite event of it the is. year. And they moved it from Sundays, which was very convenient for you and me, to Saturday nights. (laughs) And the best is, is that if it wasn't for Lady Jessica, you would have had us do everything yesterday. And we would have been done and then there. But that real, I mean, it's it's screwing you both ways from Sunday here. Oh, my goodness gracious. I ended up sending you. A little like GIF movie the worst. of the deal of I mean you had everything you ended up having you know Hornswoggle the Great Kali you ended up having the the freaking Cobra attack oh my goodness it was great but nobody knows what I'm talking about yeah two oh of those my. books and like I said with that uh, we're gonna do the One Star Squadron me and you were talking about we're gonna give it that benefit deal but. Go over to the Patreon, check it out, and, you know, get us inspired to keep doing this. We haven't taken a day off, or a week off, I guess. It would be a day, a week off in seven years. So that should mean something. So everybody, now I'm getting depressed. What do you say at the <laughs> end? <laughs> I'm just sitting there, I'm like, we, we really haven't taken off. And with that, I end up between segments here. Me and you really, for years now, have been recording at a, about the same time on Saturday nights. You know, yeah. give or take a bit, but I, I walk upstairs, Rafe screaming, and I go, you know, I'm recording down there. He goes, oh, I didn't know. I'm like, really? Seven years. I mean, seriously, you have thrown boy. that in my face constantly when he wants to dig in on something, right? Holy crap. But yeah, he was. And then he, he ended up apologizing. So now I feel bad. But Eric, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you at seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. <laughs> Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.